welcome to another edition of the Firmware Update, episode 186, for your PlayStation podcast of choice for news, reviews, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Malcolm Spinetti, and joining me, as always, Joe Garcia. Howdy. How you doing, buddy? Um, all right. I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good uh, this week. Well, that's good to hear, considering the tragedy that happened. What, what tragedy? Well... I don't know if you watched Raw last night. Oh, Jesus. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But the Festival of Friendship didn't end too well for Jericho and Owens there. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I know people don't like it when we talk about wrestling too much on the show, but I, I, I do want to say that that may have been like a top five all-time Raw segment. Oh, from like beginning to end, it was so perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs> like Chris Jericho, like simultaneously... Like being the biggest, the best heel and the best baby face at the same time. It's like, like this man to just be in the Hall of Fame this year, even if he's going to still be wrestling past WrestleMania. Like for me, the, like uh, from top to bottom, like everything was perfect. It was like, like for those of you who don't follow wrestling, uh, the partnership of Jericho and Owens has been going on since SummerSlam, and it's been like one of the best acts of all time because they guys have just some, just some of the greatest chemistry together, and. You could tell Jericho was just, like, all in on this. Like, he comes out, <laughs> he comes out with the girls, he's got, like, uh, he does, like, gives all these gifts as a thank you to uh, Kevin Owens, which includes probably the greatest painting ever made. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's a, basically it redoes uh, the, uh, the famous painting of, like, the guy, like, touching fingers with God. Except with uh, Jericho, no. Uh, the creation of man. Creation of man. Thank you very much. Instead You're... of being the creation of Owens. <laughs> and uh, which is just art doesn't need pants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a work of art. You don't need pants. It's like, oh. <laughs> and then, then uh, friendship, the clown, um, which was <laughs> properly pooped on. And then the return of Gilbert, because you know. <laughs> Owens is facing Goldberg, and Owens just runs down and beats the shit out of him. And uh, my favorite part, when uh, Jericho, you know, that little rant at the end before everything goes down, where Jericho is going on about how he's his best friend, and this has been one of the best years years of his career. You can tell he was shooting right there. Oh, man. It, it was such a beautiful moment. He called him brother. And, uh, and what also felt like kind of a shoot... Uh, Owens reciprocated, and you're right. Yeah, you're right. I love you too, man. And they they hug each other. Like, <laughs> oh man, you know. What? And what was perfect about that is that in that moment, he became what Kevin Owens hates the most—an actual best friend. Oh. <laughs> like, no, like this only leads. This road only leads to one way, Jericho. Yeah, and he, you're being murdered for it. Oh God! And that moment was also perfect too. Like he gives him, like, I, you got me all this. All I got you was this. And and Jericho, like, the way that was shot was perfect. He opens the box, and he's like, oh, it's a new list, which is like a running gag with Jericho. <laughs> and you can't see the list because you, you think right off the bat because WWE started selling the list of Jericho clipboards for a ridiculous sum of money. And, <laughs> and he's like, why is my name on it? And he lifts it out of the box, <laughs> and you get a couple of seconds to see the back of the clipboard as it says, the list of KO, <laughs> and then Kevin just murder death kills <laughs> Jericho. Oh, it was so sad, but it, this was like probably the best send off for this act, which was really one of the best acts that WWE had going for a while. But 
Man, and it sets up WrestleMania perfectly. <laughs> Probably my favorite part of it, though. Um, and one of like the funniest things I've seen on TV, just at all, in a very fucking long time, was fucking Jericho doing his, his usual, like, you're going to get, and then the fucking... <laughs> Oh, the commercial <laughs> break. The commercial. I thought I was like, oh, weird. They cut it off way too early. And there's a regular three-minute commercial break. A regular ass, like three minutes. It goes back, and he's still pointing his finger at the Titantron. And he waits five more seconds, and he's like, "It." I was like, oh shit, I lost my mind. I was like, that was. He held that for three minutes. I, I gotta know what was going like, on. Like obviously, like uh, like at home, obviously you don't see it, but like I'm I'm imagining the audience at like live at the show, just watching him for three minutes, point at the Titan Tron, not saying anything. I, like, that was incredible. That I, was incredible. I, I gotta know what they did there. Like Owens must have did something. Like like okay, right now we're on commercial breaks, so or, or something just to alleviate or otherwise. Was it really just Jericho pointing? I, I, Jericho, I imagine, held that thing for three whole minutes. <laughs> He's a professional. He's a goddamn pro. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You know, when when, when they were calling each other National Treasures, treasures a couple of weeks ago, mm. they weren't fucking around. Mm. National Treasures, the both of them. Mm, they are. They, they, they were a gift while we had them. And it's going to be a while oh. before we ever see this act pop up again, I have a feeling. But, Beautiful. Uh, oh, but anyway, okay. Relax, folks. The wrestling part of the show is over. But <laughs> um, and match is really good. Okay, now we're done. Okay. Um, so today's been pretty, pretty good. Not only is it a day off, by the way, but uh, I also for completely forgot about this because I pre-ordered it a while ago. But uh, Doctor Strange just dropped in my voodoo. Oh. So now I have that to look forward to after we record the show today. And so I still haven't seen the movie. You had oh my, it was so good, Joe. <laughs> It was it was really good. Like I I had a lot of friends. Like I'm guessing you weren't really that impressed with the commercials, and they're like, oh, I'll just rent it. But no, well, it looks fine. It's just like I just don't care for Ben to rent it. Oh, you you are so wrong in that opinion. But anyway, I, I, I think that dude is so overrated. <laughs> he he was glorious in this role. Like he nails everything about this guy. Like hey, people say the same thing about Sherlock, and I was like, wow, I hate this guy, and I hate everything about this show. <laughs> Well, in on the twenty eighth, when this has come out on Blu-ray, you need to go rent this at a red box, and then realize how wrong you are, and then that promptly buy it because it's fantastic stuff. It's excellent, mm-hmm. uh, like hell. If I, if I find it on Voodoo for a good price, maybe I'll just send you the code. But <laughs> but no, th- this was it was a fantastic movie. Like you really fall in love with the Doctor Strange character. It felt re- very reminiscent of uh, Iron Man, where I really had no idea about Tony Stark or Iron Man or really cared about the character. Then I went to go went to go see this movie and all of a sudden I'm really into Iron Man now. Like that's <laughs> how I feel about Doctor Strange. Like I had an idea who he was because I used to watch the Spider Man cartoon and he would pop in every <laughs> once in a while. But after <laughs> seeing this movie it's like, oh holy shit, not only do I like Doctor Strange, but Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange for me and, and I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to seeing the movie. You, you need to, you're you're full of craziness, Joe. Speaking speaking of Iron Man, uh, did you watch the Lego Batman movie? I've heard not yet, but I've heard <laughs> nothing but good things about it. <laughs> I watched it with a bunch of nieces and nephews, uh, yeah, uh, on Sunday, and the movie was <laughs> the movie's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's, it's <laughs> one of the funny one of my favorite parts of it is like just the throwaway line when. Like when he enters the Batcave for the first time in the movie, 
the computer asks him for his password to enter, and he's like, Iron Man sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Batman. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also heard there are a lot of references to the old school movies in there too. Yeah, like all basically all the movies, all the Batman movies are referenced uh, either as like you know visual gags or just straight up like, oh yeah, remember that time we made <laughs> remember Batman and Robin and Batman and Batman Forever? It's like yeah, man, terrible, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like it's good. It's it's a lot of fun. Like, uh, was there one part where either Joker or Batman they were like uh, scrolling through all these villains and they're like condiment man this guy like no seriously those these are real people <laughs> yeah yeah like uh like joker's like hijacking a plane and then like in, and he's telling the pilot who's like not intimidated by him at all because like batman always stops him um and he's like yeah but i've got all the villains behind me this time and he starts rattling off like villains like and some some more ridiculous than others obviously he's like he's like are you just making some of those up <laughs> he's like no like look it up oh god yeah i need to see that uh also this has been a good weekend for movies as uh john wick 2 also came out yeah i just finally bought the first one on amazon video are you uh, kidding me <laughs> oh that's uh, such a good movie man i heard what it's like like i didn't feel like plunking down 15 to 20 bucks for it um and i don't know if it, the deal's expired but amazon had a had a deal going for it for five bucks for the HD version on Amazon Video. I was like, all right, I, I can dip into that. I'll watch it on the plane to Salvador this week. And what did you think? Oh, I you haven't watched it yet. Okay. What well, did I literally just say, Malcolm? I know, I know. I, I miss. I was talking as you were saying that part, but uh, fuck. I wish I could talk. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, folks, this is going to be probably the last firmware update for quite a few weeks, as uh, Joe on the sixteenth is making the plane. To El Salvador. He's pissing in El Salvador again <laughs> for a good long time, exploring his roots with no Wi-Fi connection whatsoever. Are you excited, buddy? Uh, I'm always excited to go to El Salvador. Excellent. Good talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a yearly thing with you, right? Like I, can, uh, I think like you've gone twice since we've done this podcast. Well, yeah. I, well, I mean, for last year, I, I went at the same time this year. Um, my grandma's village has like a, like a village-wide like freaking like festival for like a weekend uh which is always super fun because um, you know they they get like live music together like actual live music from like real bad like from like like really fucking major bands uh well major in, in the cumbia scene at least <laughs> but but like um yeah like it's a whole thing everyone gets together and it's a lot of fun uh i went for that last year going again for this year uh when i went the first time uh that was in october of 2012 uh when my grandma was getting pretty sick so I went down to surprise her this year, uh, and she got a lot better. Not, 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 uh, not, not to toot my horn, uh, but I may have saved her life <laughs> with my mere presence. I, uh, that's the gift of Garcia, right there. That's exactly correct. Um, <laughs> and she's still she's still cooking. Uh, <laughs> so you go up I, to your mom and spread out your arms like, drink it in, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I should. Um, yeah, so this is the third time that I'm going since we started recording this show um, in 2011. <laughs> oh, that is cute. That is wonderful. Well, I hope you have fun there. I'll miss you for these couple of weeks, especially since you probably won't be playing too many video games in that time. And <laughs> no, I mean I'm taking my Vita and my 3DS as I always do. I actually, <laughs> I actually just ordered a Windows tablet, Malcolm, a uh, little hundred dollar value thing uh, on Amazon. 
that I'm going to load some my Super Nintendo emulators on uh, and take my Xbox controller and, and spend some time with that as well. Um, but I don't, I'm not going to be playing any new games. Well, maybe one, because uh, the day you come back is also the day that uh, a game that I pre-ordered on PSN in a few days ago comes out and that's horizon zero dawn are, are you gonna pick that up on the way home um i don't know because i've still got a bunch of stuff that i stuff to play through <laughs> and i've already gotten um yeah i don't know and also money is gonna be tight because um as a part-time employee uh this time off is gonna be unpaid so uh oh, oh fuck that god <laughs> yeah so um, oh my god so yeah money's gonna be pretty tight for a little while oh, um I'm, I'm so sorry man Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. I'm gonna have to batten down the hatches when I get back to make sure I make rent and other silly things like that. Uh, you know, making rent and paying for electricity and whatnot. Mm. Make sure that gets done first. Well, we we gotta find you a new job, buddy. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, we do. I, I, uh, I completely forgot about that you were part time, and I was like, oh, this is so yeah. some wise vacation time being spent. I like that. Yeah, like if if anyone. <laughs> if any of my managers just want to flip that little part-time into full-time switch because you know i have all the same skills and responsibilities as all the other actual full-timers uh, i just get paid less and don't have any of the benefits uh just by having all the same skills and all the same responsibilities uh and mostly the same hours um you know no big deal do you own a car no okay I was about to say you could do Uber, but I guess not. But I don't know. <laughs> oh, also, um, I can't imagine like being like an Uber driver. Because um, like quite a few Uber drivers. Well, no, I mean not the like I I could like driving a car is the fucking easiest thing to fucking do. <laughs> um, I wouldn't know, but okay. <laughs> um, but no, it's like with Uber being like, oh, like they're pretty big into researching self-driving cars. Uh, like, so within like three years, I imagine that being the way they do it. So I can't imagine be like, Hey, Uber, lease me a car. <laughs> and then by the time I'm done paying it off, Oh, you, you we're not going to be using you anymore because <laughs> the cars can drive themselves. Well, fuck. It's kind of depressing, but a lot of jobs are headed that way. Like, did you hear what, uh, Amazon's doing in Seattle? Yeah. Those Amazon, like go stores or whatever they're called. Yeah, where you just activate an app on your phone, grab what you need, and leave. You don't have to interact with anybody whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, and and it just charges your Amazon account or whatever. Yeah, which is as great as it is going to be stolen by every major grocery store or sh- store whatsoever to save money. And like, and you notice there's even it going on where I work at Cricket Wireless right now, where. The deals are so superior online that nobody comes to our store anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It's wicked depressing now because, like, as soon as everyone punches in, the first thing they do on their work computer, no less, is start looking for other jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Whether it be within the company or outside of the company, we have people, like, spending – getting paid to basically fill out applications just because you know, it's so dead <laughs> the deals are so much better like in cricket wireless we charge an activation fee of 25 dollars to start service but that we waive only if you're porting a number but if you go online it waives uh it waives that fee regardless that's good i know and the shipping is free it's two-day shipping like amazon prime and Typically inside, we only do deals if you're porting a number. Online, you only have to be activating a number to get a deal. Like, a lot of the employees who we get, like, no discount for starting a service within the company, of course. Uh, a lot of them are getting them online because, you know, it's a better deal there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm activating four lines. That's like $200 I'm saving. I'm like, yeah, I can't <laughs> really say I blame you. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, Best Buy had to deal with this pretty was in the last few years where like <laughs> the running joke was, hey, yeah, we're basically Amazon showroom. We will come in to see <laughs> what they like and then they fucking order it on Amazon. Um, and until they figured out like how to make shipping faster and more efficient and like actually bothering to price match Amazon because like for years they, they were just super stubborn like hey, Amazon ain't shit we're not even gonna price match them it's like okay we're gonna <laughs> that seems stupid uh I kind of know how you feel because uh when I used when I worked at Radio Shack where you had to be an expert on everything in the store which is mm-hmm. where I got a lot of my technical expertise from to this day but there was a Walmart like literally just up the street from us so we'd have plenty of people who'd come in asked me a ton of questions and they're like, okay, thanks. I'll be right back to buy. And then we'd watch them get in their car and drive to the Walmart and wheel out whatever I was just talking to them about into the car because Walmart had the best deals. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, fucking come on. <laughs> and of course that shit's always on you. Cause like, well, you should have sold them all over here. It's like, it's $300 less over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck do you want me to do? I'm not gonna blame someone for saving literally hundreds of dollars. Um, my my smile ain't worth three hundred dollars, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, they saved fifteen bucks or whatever, or twenty bucks or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, you could talk your way to making them like, like, is it worth fifteen bucks to walk across the street? Like, yeah, I guess not. But three hundred dollars, like, yeah, I'll fucking jump through ridiculous hoops. Like, I'm thinking about fucking opening a Chase bank account right now because I can get two hundred dollars for opening a checking account over there. Oh god. I- I would be considering that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only thing keeping me from doing it immediately is like, oh, I've got a fucking is the fact that I'd have to change like a hundred different fucking bill pay options online. Oh, uh, that's the worst. That's... <laughs> or whatever the fuck. It's like, oh, I got to change my fucking utilities or my credit cards and all this shit. And you uh, always forget one. Like you, you do every, you think you got everything. Then like a, a week later, you get an email. Your Netflix account has been canceled. Like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think, well, uh, yeah, the easiest way, easy way to prevent that, I guess, is to change them to, like, change all that stuff to, like, a credit card for now. That way, like, when I change it, like, nothing gets forgotten. Um, but I don't know. We'll, yeah, I'll see how that goes, but, man. Uh, well, as, as happy as this, uh, talk has been. Uh, Joe, we need to get, go- we, we got some business to attend to as, uh, some video game stuff happened this week. Yeah, we've got, or... like, half an hour. <laughs> and I haven't talked about a single fucking video game. <laughs> That's par for the core with us, actually. But anyway, folks, let's go to the news. All right, Joe. So it's been roughly a month. What could have possibly happened while we were away? (laughs) A number of things, Malcolm. Uh, Some stuff that I forgot about the last time we did the show. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That we'll quickly go through uh, a little bit later. Um, but let's start with probably the biggest news, I think, since we last recorded. And that is the... on Netflix now. <laughs> um, that's not it. <laughs> um, man. Okay, sure. <laughs> but the, the actual biggest, uh, story is that the founder of Namco, Masaya Nakamura, uh, passed away, uh, at the, near the end of January. Uh, they didn't, the company didn't announce it until January, like, 30th or like near the end of the month, but he passed away on January 22nd. Uh, they waited about a week before before announcing his death. And um, yeah, that's a pretty big deal. He's like, I mean, as the founder of, of Namco, that's not that's not small potatoes by any means. Uh, Namco, you know, they, they had a pretty big presence in the arcade scene oh, uh, early on. Um, obviously, Pac-Man is, is the 
the most uh, <laughs> probably is is the most probably the most influential game that they've ever put out. Um, and that kind of got you know Japanese game development going in a big way. Uh, now is when this Namco Bandai, or he was the co- president of Namco before they merged. Well, when they merged, I was in two thousand and shit. That was ten years ago. That by now that was like two thousand five, two thousand six. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure what his role was in the uh, in the company after they merged, but you know, just going through kind of like a history of of uh, of of, of uh, I guess Namco here real quick. Uh, you know, obviously Pac-Man being the biggest one. You know, um, Galaxian uh, was a big deal. Also, um, Pole Position, all those cool, well, like a lot of great uh, early Namco games. Uh, you know, in the arcade days, and you know, this being a PlayStation podcast, obviously. Uh, Namco still had a like early on was was like the PS1 like Namco had a huge presence on PS1. Um, I feel like like three of the games I believe on or at least a couple of the games that launched for PS1 were were you know PS1 games. Perhaps most infa- <laughs> most infamously now at this point uh, was uh, Ridge Racer. You know uh, a game I enjoyed tremendously uh, before it became a joke <laughs> at the hands of Kazurai. Uh, um, let's see what else. What else came like? I was the original Tekken a launch game uh, for the original PS One. I actually think it was, yeah, or at least I know it definitely was. But yeah, I, yeah, you know, it. I I think it was because you remember the old school uh, cases they had for the PlayStation One. <laughs> oh yeah, the giant like cardboard. Yeah, it had one of those, so I think it was a launch title, or at the very least, like within that first quarter, where right they're all getting those. <laughs> and, I re- uh, and I remember they did, and this is a kind of poor example, but they had like the Namco classics on either PS1 or PS2, where there were so many of them, they had to release, their, there was like a collection for each letter of the Namco name. Yeah, yeah, that, like the museum or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like that, it was, yeah, it was five volumes and each one had, had, a, had a letter spelling out Namco, like giant N on volume one. Giant A at volume two and so forth. Um, the, the A was really popular in Canada. Hey, oh. <laughs> uh, 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 Air Combat was, was also a launch title for the PS1. Uh, evolved into Ace Combat uh, as the sequel started coming out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, obviously, like I said, Tekken, uh, I guess, wasn't a launch title looking at, at the launch library here for PS1. Wasn't a launch title, but as, as Malcolm said, uh, very near launch. And obviously, that became a huge series for for uh, for Namco and and Sony as we're now nearing what Tekken Seven uh, in June was it? Yeah, I um, think it's either seven or eight. I think it's no, seven. it's seven. It's seven. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, like Namco's influence, uh, you know, Namco is a, a very major player in the video game, uh, in the video game space. Uh, even as they started as just like a regular little. I forget what kind of company they were initially, uh, but yeah, because Namco was, was founded in in 1955, <laughs> uh, so obviously they weren't making video games then. Uh, I believe they were just making like amusement, like for like current, like for like amusement parks and stuff, like games and rides and whatnot. Um, before they got into actual like video games, um, but yeah, man, yeah. I mean, even even the I, <laughs> I believe Namco is like an acronym as well. Like it's it stands for Nakamura Amusement. Machine company. It's a picture of him giving a knee strike to. The <laughs> Man, I wish. <laughs> um, but yeah, that there you go. Um, it's a damn shame, uh, obviously. But he lived a full life, so it's not like the saddest thing in the world, you know, to to see like a ninety-one-year-old person uh, pass on. Uh, you, you can just look back at your life and say, "Man, what a life!" Oh yeah, he was the head of the one of the most influential companies 
in the world of video games. I mean, I, yeah, no regrets on his part, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> the only regret with Pac-Man is that every like mainstream like media thing covering video games that doesn't usually cover video games, it's not just Pac-Man anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm sure his like... one regret with Pac-Man is that animated series that came out forever. <laughs> Why did I green light that? Goddamn. Oh, man. Hanna-Barbera. What a <laughs> terrible production company. Fucking worse. Oh, they made the Laugh Olympics, man. Come on. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Remember Pac-Man Fever? Uh, that song from, like, 81 or whatever? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're... Pac-Man, obviously, a huge deal. So, uh, I mean, he didn't create the game itself, but he, he was instrumental in saying, you know what, this seems like a lot of fun, and we should definitely make, put it out for people to play. Yes, yeah, definitely. So thoughts and uh, prayers go out to his family from us, of course. And uh, and you know what? Thank you also. Yeah. Send that out to him. All right. So what else happened this month, Joe? Let's see. We've got some some PlayStation 4 news uh, with Sony, again, updating some more, giving us a better picture of how the PlayStation 4 is selling. Um, And in the last quarter, uh, the third quarter of the 2016 fiscal year, um, which would be between, uh, what is it, October, November, and December of 2016. Uh, PlayStation 4 had the best quarter of any PlayStation console in, in history. Holy shit, uh, wow. Okay. Which, is, which, you know, when you look at the fact that the PS2 was the best-selling console ever, uh, that's not small potatoes. Mm. Boy, I, I got to stop thinking. It's funny you saying that because like one of my plans for tonight is to m- try to make poutine for the first time. <laughs> oh, you know what you need for that, Malcolm? Uh, gravy. Uh, uh, you need your cheese curds and uh-huh. of course potatoes. The larger the better, I find for for, for making fries though. So maybe yeah. not small potatoes. Yeah, the large long ones. I try to steer away from the round ones. You know, it's like yeah. Uh, but yeah, my f- <laughs> first attempt at it, and then uh, later on, I'm gonna try experimenting with getting the right gravy. Because I'm, uh, I'm very particular in all my recipes, of course. Yeah, that's very nice. Uh, I, for my part, will be microwaving a pizza puff. <laughs> uh, for I, And I'll be experimenting to see whether it's better cooked within two minutes and 45 seconds or if I should go three and a half minutes. Uh, we'll see. Know, at the same time, I'm completely there with you because I'll get like one of those microwavable pasta and broccoli bags at a at a food line, which is basically our grocery store around here. And <laughs> I've found that microwaving it at four minutes and 30 seconds on my microwave at work is much better than going for the recommended five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the more you well, know, folks. Oh, by the way, if you're doing pizza, the Giorno's, <laughs> the stuffed crust kind is actually really, really good. Yeah, but it's like $80 and fuck that. It is not eighty dollars. <laughs> the Jornos is so overpriced. It's like I'd rather just spend the three bucks on a tombstone. It's like seven ninety nine. Chance. What like your, your stores in Chicago are terrible, goddamn. And fucking the Jornos are like it's fine, but it's like it's not worth the money. It's, it's not eighty dollars. Like, okay, no, Obviously not, Malcolm. It's hyperbole. Sure. Have you heard of it? <laughs> like for sure, stop sh- stop uh, shopping at whatever you're going at. They're selling for eighty dollars. Uh, give my groceries a sharper image, Malcolm. I don't know what you're <laughs> Eighty dollar dessert. <laughs> what I hate about no, the journal. For real, it's like it's like twice the price of a tombstone pizza. For that. it's like no. It's also twice the quality too. It's, it's like, really not. It's like at that point, you may as well just go to freaking uh, Little Caesars. At that point, if you're trying. To oh say. yeah, I will. Like if I'm not, if I'm going to spend like six dollars on a frozen pizza, like I'll just go to Little Caesars and get a five dollar fucking hot and ready. <laughs> 
Or I assure you they were all frozen before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen them cook. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Our, my apologies to any uh, Little Caesars <laughs> workers listening to the show. Another fun fact, Malcolm, another notable death this week, though, is that the founder of Little Caesars did pass away this week. Oh, no way. Oh. <laughs> founder of Little Caesars and owner of the Detroit Red Wings and Tigers. Wow, he did good for himself, too. No regrets yeah, on his. Yeah, that guy was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> that guy was... Uh, <laughs> one of the few revered uh rich dudes in this country in that like he he built up little caesars into this empire and he bought like the tigers and and the red wings and like as teams are leaving their cities back in the day he 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 battened it down and he's like you know what no we're staying in detroit detroit rules uh which is cool that's not something you see in a lot of sports owners uh especially as you look at the nfl the last couple of years where three teams have fucking relocated um my God, it's really impressive to you know the last ri- year. <laughs> <laughs> really impressive to be a rich guy in this country and to still be liked. Because usually, when you start making the money, that's when they turn on you, or yeah. the skeletons fly out of the closet. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, like he wanted to buy the Pistons also when they were thinking about like relocating, uh, and that deal for him ended up falling through, and they ended up not moving anyway. But it's like he wanted to buy them just to keep them in the fucking city. Good on him! Wow. Yeah, man, that's that's cool. I like that guy. He <laughs> uh, he he wore a very obvious fucking hairpiece um, that kind of only added to his charm because <laughs> that guy was like fucking ninety five, uh, and he had like <laughs> like the weirdest like chestnut brown hair oh, that was God, clearly God. just plopped onto his head. It's like, oh man, like at least straighten it, at least comb it <laughs> before you put it on your fucking head. Um, oh, good lord! Cool dude, though. Yeah. All right. What else? Uh, oh, uh, we were talking about. Uh, but anyway, PlayStation's been successful. Is is what it, is the point of that story? Did we mention it was like uh, the? Did it? Uh, it was the top selling for December. Was it the top selling in January? Do we know yet? Or no? That's usually the third uh, Thursday of of the month. So uh, that'll be. <laughs> we're a couple days away from from finding out. Um, but yeah, I guess we should say that it was the best selling console. Did we talk about last time? We did talk about that last time, yeah. It was the best-selling console in December. Regained um, the title, Joe. <laughs> regained it. Um, yeah, let's see here. The numbers for the quarter that we're speaking of here. Uh, during that three-month period, Sony reports that it shipped 9.7 million consoles uh, worldwide, which is up 15.5% over the same period uh, in 2015. So pretty, pretty good. Do you think it's going to outsell the ps2 at this rate um let's see what's last i'm trying to figure out what the what was the last um okay of january 1st as of january 1st we were at 53.4 million units um worldwide which apparently is at a it is a higher pace than the ps2 uh so right now it is outpacing it uh so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see where it ends up landing but yeah right now it's 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 a couple million above what the PS2 was at, at this point in its life cycle. It's really incredible how well the PS4 is doing. I'm like, even before it came out, it was just the perfect storm of right conditions for it to be, like, charging out of the gate. For, you know, of course, starting with uh, that that E3, where it was announced that it was going to be 100 bucks cheaper and no DRM. And that was all everyone needed to hear in order to just go full on with PS4. Mm-hmm. Not saying that uh, the Xbox One hasn't been doing well. That's like one of the 
things that a lot of people miss. No, it's doing great. It's just not selling as much as the PS4 is doing, but it's like making money for Microsoft. They're not losing money on it. No, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I feel like the competition is definitely. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to it's kind of hard to quantify really because like on the one hand, the the Xbox One is doing really well. Um, where it's you know like relative to the PS4, it's it's not like super impressive, but like it's still doing pretty good. Uh, in its own right. Um, the difference, I guess, between like the PS4 and the PS2 is that the competition is a little different. Um, in that, I feel like the like Nintendo and like the, the GameCube and and the original Xbox both did about the same numbers uh, when the PS2 was around, which was like a fraction of like even combined they weren't half of what the PS2 was. Um, but they both sold about 20 or 22 million uh, units each, uh, whereas like Nintendo just was a non-factor <laughs> in this particular console cycle. So I don't know. It's, it, the market's a little bit different uh, than what it was with the PS2. Um, where I mean, even if it wasn't selling as much as the PS2, like the GameCube was still, you know, it was still like on par, if not a little bit better in terms of like graphically <laughs> um, than what the PS2 was doing. Mm-hmm. Like games were a little bit smoother. Um, but you know, the PS2 just had the fucking market share. Um, yeah. So, congratulations on PS4. It something that was brought to my attention. We might be heading into a very interesting time with the next uh, generation of consoles, which is hard to believe. It really isn't that far off. I feel. But uh, we have uh, the Switch literally coming out in less than a month, where that'll kick off Nintendo's generation. And then I have a feeling probably sometime in 2018, we'll get the Scorpio, which will be, which a lot of people are saying is going to be Xbox real next console. And then, which leaves uh, PlayStation, which really hasn't even been teasing the PS5, for lack of a better name. No. Which may come in like a couple of years after, which pretty much puts them in the driver's seat to see what people like and dislike about the Scorpio and just incorporate that in the PlayStation 5. But so we might have my point is we might have it at a point where usually like Xbox and Sony are like pretty close together as far as release. I think they were only separated by like one or two weeks when the Xbox One and uh, PS4 came out. Yeah, I mean, the PS. I mean, this console cycle is kind of breaking a lot of trends uh, that we've seen, like, in the past. Um, obviously, with the PS4 Pro and, and the Scorpio kind of being, like... Oh, don't forget I Xbox guess, One S, either. <laughs> well, I mean, the Xbox One S is largely just kind of, like, a, like it's mostly about, about the form factor more than anything, than, more than about, like, actual game performance. Um, but, like, the Scorpio and the PS4 Pro kind of being, like, this half-step, where it's, like, there's a marked improvement, but it's not quite like a, a new console um and then with nintendo being like we're shutting down <laughs> the wii u like three years later which is like probably the shortest console cycle that i can remember like shorter than even the original xbox which was cut off like right at four years uh yeah so i mean we're 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 kind of going into uncharted waters here with with uh with what console gaming is going to be like i'm not sure what a ps4 or what a ps5 or a new xbox would even entail uh when sony and, and microsoft are shown that they're capable of, of putting out kind of like these kind of like you know like the the phone model where it's like you know it's it's functionally the same but like we're getting like performance improvements every couple of years or whatever um i feel like that might that is more and more looking like a very realistic kind of like possibility for for what console gaming could be mm. it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future for sure yeah e3 is just a couple of months away anyway <laughs> so joe what else happened while we were 
since we've been gone. <laughs> uh, let's see. In less successful Sony news here, <laughs> um, The Last Guardian got a permanent price cut. Uh, oh. Just $40. Uh, mm. Is that that <laughs> unusual, though? How long has the game's been out? since november right december malcolm oh oh lord that's right it's been two months barely two months uh, um yeah like that's like sony isn't like immune to dropping prices on their games but usually it's not just two months later <laughs> um final fantasy 15 is still full price isn't it yeah it is um mm. like like a lot of first party games uh typically uh like even if they do end up getting like you know permanent price cuts it's usually way longer down the road um, it's usually at this point that you're only getting like sale prices or whatever. Like you might have seen it for 40 bucks, but typically it's like, Oh, this week only save 20 bucks on last party. And I, no, the game is just 40 bucks now forever. <laughs> it's like, well, shit. um, yeah, I'm guessing that people <laughs> kind of got tired of waiting for the game and then saw the reviews and thought, well, that wasn't really worth waiting for, was it? Mm. Um, which is kind of the, kind of how I feel about it. Uh, having played several hours of it. Damn. Yeah. It's a damn shame. Cause I mean, like I said uh, on the last show, um, the the game has a lot of fucking heart. There's a lot of really great moments, uh, even in the few hours that I played. Uh, like, the game is constantly, like, the interactions between, you know, Draco and the boy are, are like, super nice and sweet. And it's like, but, but playing that game is such a fucking chore. It's like, you know what? <laughs> this, maybe I'm fine just, uh, just, uh, just watching this on YouTube. Because <laughs> sitting through this is a fucking pain. Yeah, the game does have some really heart-wrenching moments especially at the end which was just like you know i was just i I was actually like racing through a few emotions oh god what's gonna happen and plus it doesn't help that you know one of the scenes is really bad for trico and uh the fact that it looked he kind of looks like uh my dog in pain was kind of made it a little (laughs) hard to watch but Needless to say, this is not going to go down as beloved as, say, Shadow of the Colossus or even Ico was. Right. I mean, if it if that game had come out when it was originally meant five to, years ago, five or you know when the when it was still a PS3 game, if it had come out on PS3, uh, I think people would have been much more forgiving of it. Um, you know, not I mean, because yeah, like the fact that it's so ardently fucking keeps to like the same control style uh, as like the original as those you know those previous games. Uh, from, you know, that would have been easier to swallow if we wouldn't had, you know, 10 fucking years and a whole console generation's worth of, like, improvements to how games fucking play and feel. Uh, yeah, and it's interesting because another game, Final Fantasy XV, which sort of had the same hill to climb, came out just like a few weeks earlier and it it was our game of the year and it played fantastically. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, that game, you know, wasn't without its own struggles in development, but True. like you can you can certainly tell that they were i mean even like that was the whole point of like those demos like one and a half or two years ago almost at this point was like hey we're like clearly they they were they're onto something good but they weren't totally sure about it that's why they put out a fucking demo that they bothered to update (laughs) almost to to kind of like dip their toe in the water and see it's like all right this game's been in development it's been in the oven for a while let's make sure that we're on the right track here uh they put out the demo and like in it was largely good. People had, you know, their complaints about the demo, and they took that into consideration uh, by updating the fucking demo. Um, <laughs> it turned <laughs> out still, good for him, Joe. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know, but still, it's like, <laughs> what if that game could have come out just a little bit sooner? Um, but, but yeah, like that game ended up having ended up hitting all the right, you know, notes, you know, in terms of gameplay. Obviously, I have my like, <laughs> even though it was my game of the year last year, like I obviously had my issues with it. 
mm-hmm. but none of them were necessarily gameplay related, you know? Like, I thought the story was very weirdly told in that you had to go outside of the game to get most of it, but, uh, you know, gameplay-wise, that game was, was, was fucking great, I thought. Mm-hmm. And that that's that was a result of, you know, Square Enix kind of actually seeing where the wind was blowing in terms of fucking gameplay. It's like... Is this gameplay not super outdated? Okay, good. Thank God. <laughs> does it take a? Does it take freaking uh, Noctis a half hour to jump when I press the button? No. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, right? yeah, like, how do you feel this will change uh, Sony's relationship with Team Ico going forward? Because it feels like a lot of the leeway they got uh, for like the ten year wait and everything was because oh, it's Team Ico. Team Ico, and they made Shadow of the Colossus and all these beloved treasured games on PS2. Let's cut them some slack. And it comes out, and it's poorly received. Do you think... How do you feel this will change their relationship, if at all? Well, I'm not sure how Team Ico... What Team Ico is right now, because as as we know, like, even several years ago, Malcolm, uh, Fumito Iweta, uh, like, director and kind of, like, the creative, like, like the guy behind behind these games, um, like he left Sony, like he, or at least he left their employment, uh, like three years ago or four years ago. Um, oh my. like he, like, and he's been, and he'd been working on this game, you know, like he still worked on the game like the whole way through, but like as a kind of like as a contractor at that point. Um, so I don't know what his relationship with Sony or what that studio's relationship with Sony is right now. Like, I mean, I feel like the developers of this game were still under like the studio Japan umbrella. Um, they kind of just you know, kind of sectioned off, like, a section of it to be, like, these are your guys, or whatever. Um, yeah, like, I'm not sure what exactly the relationship is with those specific developers within Sony. Like, I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's like, well, I, like, I don't... Team Ico's always been, like, this nebulous thing. Like, there's not, like, a Team Ico logo in any of these games, you know? Is there? Huh. No. Isn't there? <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, like, even Team Sonic has a Team Sonic logo. <laughs> um... Within, within Sega, it's like it's always been like Studio Japan, and then like we, but like the people building this game are colloquially known as 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 Team Ico. Yeah, I, I think at this point, yeah, you know, especially after you reminded me all these facts here, I think it's safe to say that it's not going to be it like it used to be. Like I, I doubt the next game is going to take ten years. I think Sony is going to be more than putting their foot down going forward. It's like okay, this ain't happening again, bro. Right. I mean, it's not like Sony has, has, has like reservations about like giving a studio, you know, carte blanche or whatever. Like, like there's still a handful of studios within Sony that like can kind of do whatever they want. And and either and because of like their past success, um, they can get away with it. Like I imagine Naughty Dog is one of those studios, but at least they can put out games at a regular <laughs> at, a, at a regular clip, you know, uh, on top of being really great games. They can they can get them out fucking regularly, you know, <laughs> um, uh, like. Polyphony Digital is one of those studios, the, the people behind Gran Turismo. Uh, but then again, also, they kind of fall towards that other direction where it's like they make good games that people really like and enjoy and buy tons of, but they don't do it at a regular clip. They they kind of go lead in the Team Ico direction where it's like, well, like sometimes we get it out quickly, some, but usually not. Um, like, I don't know how, at how many years it's been at this point since GT6 came out, but sports has been delayed a couple of times already. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's still studios within Sony that where where they're willing to give them that leeway, but I'm not sure that Team Ico is going to be one of them anymore. Mm, that's a shame. But, you know, you reap what you sow, I guess, is the lesson here. All right. So what else happened this 
while we were gone. And see, while we were gone, Sony released uh, a beta firmware update for the PlayStation 4. Uh, they are testing 4.50. Um, both me and Malcolm are part of this uh, this beta program. Um, and some pretty major improvements have have come come with it. Uh, two bigger, two giant, I I, I believe uh, features. One that Sony highly touted uh, when they when they released, you know, the details of the uh, of the update, and one not so much, but both major, I think. Uh, I let's start with the one that they did talk about early on was that with uh, firmware four point five zero, the PS4 will finally support external hard drives, uh, mm. a feature that people have been kind of clamoring for because even though you know the, it's it's easy enough to to switch out your internal hard drive for a larger one um people a lot of people were just like what if i just plugged something into the usb ports instead uh because you know that's something that the xbox one does um granted the xbox one you can't swap out the internal hard drive you have to do it if you want extend to expand the heart the hard drive you have to plug something in um mm. but it's still a pretty it was like it was, it's still convenient to be like yeah just plug this in and just whoop, hey look at that um, have you have you tested this feature for yourself, Malcolm? I have not yet. No. Okay, because I've I have. And, um, I'm not a huge fan of it, uh, or at least of the way that Sony's implemented it. Is um, it kind of like putting a micro SD card in an Android phone? Mm, kind of. I mean, I mean, it's if you have to make sure that the hard drive is formatted uh, to the FAT to the FAT32 uh, format that. PS4 recognizes uh, once it does that. You, it is just a simple matter of plugging it in. Mm. Um, the only thing that that um, that for me at least while I was while I was testing it was that I need or may, I don't know if it's the if it's my hard drive or if it's just kind of like not being well implemented with the PS4. Uh, but like I had a lot of trouble with it. Like like anytime I would turn off my PS4 and then turn it back on like the next day. Like because I mean I didn't move anything to the the hard drive that's the external. Um, like I didn't put any games on it to start because i was like eh, i don't know how reliable this is going to be going on yeah so, I, for... i'd be really worried to do that, <laughs> so so to start like I, I the only thing i migrated to the external drive was like the video apps like netflix hulu youtube and whatnot hmm. just to kind of, t- kind of you know test the waters a bit and you know like when i did that initially you know and started using those uh those apps like all right this is fine this is work uh and then you know i'll turn off the ps4 came back the next day uh, and then I would get this error message. It's like, oh, hard drive not plugged in. It's like it's, but it's clearly plugged in and the little lights on on it. <laughs> it's like, okay. Mm. Um, and then when I finally got it to work again, it's like, oh, like your Hulu app is installed in two places. It can only be installed in one. Can you, which one, which one do you want to erase? It's like, it's actually like uh, Hulu is only installed on the external hard drive, but I guess I'll erase quote unquote the, the main one, the one on the internal drive. And I selected that option and it wouldn't work. Mm. Like it just it, like every, t- I was like okay, like nothing was erased, quote unquote. Uh, and I was like, all right, what if I just erase it from the inter the external one too? And like it would just keep it would just keep giving me that option no matter what I did. Uh, uh, so I ended up having to reinstall, <laughs> delete and reinstall uh, Hulu uh, to get it to work. And then I was like, all right, maybe now it works. And then I did <laughs> I I put it in sleep mode and started over again and got the same stupid thing over again. I was like, man, this isn't. You're really smart to have used your media files for this. Version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it wasn't great. Like, I don't know if it's. I mean, to be fair, like I'm using a pretty cheap hard uh, hard drive. Uh, well, I mean, the hard drive itself it came from the PS4 originally. It's a 500 gigabyte that I swapped out mm-hmm. for the for the terabyte that I have in it now. 
Um, and then I just bought a hard drive enclosure from Best Buy Insignia One for like ten bucks, and I put the hard drive in that, and that lets me plug it into like your computer or whatever. Yeah. Um, like I don't know if it's. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I mean to be fair, I got it for like ten bucks. So I don't know if it's just a cheap enclosure that doesn't work very well. That's fair. Like I got like a. I remember I got a micro SD card. It was like uh, 128 gigs for like 10 bucks off of this website and it didn't work on my phone. Uh, and I was upset, but I was like, well, what was I expecting? I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's that, but like, I don't also feel like, you know, spending 60 bucks on a, on an external, on another external drive to trust it out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to see if it's that or, or, or if it's my hard drive or if it's a PS4, but not, not, not a great experience for me. Uh, overall hang on well, that see that is exactly why i didn't try any of that like god forbid like thankful thank god it was just hulu and not like a game that you played for like six hours the day before yeah yeah like i was thinking about moving some of the games onto it like not even like huge games but like like some of the smaller stuff that like i still dip into now and then um but yeah i didn't want to try it out with the game so Sounds like I'm still going to be uh, saving up for a new hard drive. On my yeah, phone. that's what I'm thinking, too. It's like I like even yeah, because even on the Xbox one, like sometimes you do the same thing where it's like where it's like, oh, the hard drive, like sometime like after like a couple of days of, of being plugged in, like, oh, like the, the Xbox would be like, oh, there's no hard drive plugged in. Um, so I'd have to connect, dis- disconnect and then reconnect it. But that would get it to work again. Uh, it was pretty like aside from that, every few days on the Xbox one, it was pretty hassle free um especially you know yeah migrating games back and forth was easy um overall i feel like it's a little bit better on the xbox one in terms of the external hard drive support um yeah it's 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 strange like i feel like i'm gonna end up just saving up for an, like a two ter drive two terabyte like internal drive instead uh now did you uh try out the custom wallpaper no i actually forgot about that um i, I tried <laughs> i did i did try it um it's a little weird because at first, like for me, I was like really excited because uh, thanks to Final Fantasy fifteen and Prompto, most more importantly, <laughs> I have a ton of shots to use. So I, I, the plan was to use my picture of Noctis striking, of course, the ultimate pose while in front of uh, a catapopolis or whatever. It's oh yeah, 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 that giant thing in the lake. Yeah, the brontosaurus with the pig head, that thing. <laughs> um, at first, I just went to, you know, I went to storage and I went to buy, uh, you know, photos and whatnot, and I found it. And here's the annoying thing. In order to to use it, you need to actually go into themes and whatnot, and there is now an option for custom, and okay. you need to pick the photo from there. Now, you would think that, you know, going the way I did once I select the uh, photo, there'll be an option for like wallpaper, like with like with my cell phone, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the, no, there is no option. So for a while, I couldn't do it. I actually had to look it up from other people who uh, are using it, and that's when they explain, "No, you got to do it like this." Um, and it works. Like it's hard. This is one of those features that feels like it really took them this long to get this. But all right, but <laughs> uh, but it now, wor- can you only do it with screenshots? Or can or can you like download whatever wallpaper you want from like the internet and put it on a USB drive and uh, plugged into your PS4? That I haven't tried. I imagine it would work. I mean, as long as you access it from uh, the media on the PlayStation, I can't imagine why it wouldn't work. Uh, you're gonna obviously want to make sure it's like a big size photo for it to really work um i i do not think that uh you you can resize it to try to get it just right because the thing is you know with the you know the all the apps like right in the front 
right in front of it there. Like a lot of photos won't necessarily work too well as far as being able to see it, but I did it and it, and it worked fine. And uh, the photos right there, uh, I, I can really just make out Noctis striking the pose and I don't see too much of the catapultas <laughs> the apps, but uh, it, it worked fine. Uh, I did, however, switch it back, switch it to uh, the Horizon di- dynamic theme I got for pre-ordering the game, which <laughs> calling it a dynamic theme is being really generous because it's. Just, <laughs> I, all right, if if there's shit moving, that should be it. Like, uh, for, for, <laughs> is it just like blades of grass, like shimmying in the in the wind or whatever? I wish because that would be movement. It's just like uh, concept art in a slideshow. Oh, <laughs> all I, right. I, and it's like, oh, well, the, the transitions makes it dynamic. I'm like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> like, I'm excited for the game, but no, that's not a dynamic theme. Guy. Like, even if it was just, like, watching, like, uh, some some of the behemoths or whatever they're, whatever the things uh, called, like, grazing in a field, I would, that would actually be really good for a dynamic theme. <laughs> but no, this, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that feature I thought worked well. I, I, I still think they should put more options as far as setting up the wallpaper. And, uh, oh, I, I was able to, like, stretch and, like, move the screen around as far as I as I recall. So it you can position it uh, a little bit better. But for the most part, it's, like, pretty much uh, works as well as you think it does. Well, at least much better than the hard drive did. Uh, okay. Uh, what, what else? Uh, was there another option that was a big one? You said there was two big ones. Oh, hold on. Let, these are – let me go through – finish going through the options that they touted here on the PlayStation blog. Uh, okay. After the wallpapers, they kind of fixed the uh, the quick menu as well, the menu that you get when you hold the PlayStation button. Uh, I, I quick... did notice that. Like, yeah. Before, it would be, there were like all these like sub options, and it, it used to take me for a, a while to find out how my download was doing, but now they just list everything, and you just, as long as it was recent, it's extremely easy to find, so I did I did appreciate that. Yeah, the quick menu is going to be a little bit smaller. It doesn't cover as much of the screen. Uh, finding your friends and creating parties is a little bit easier because of that. Uh, yeah, the notification list, as, as Malcolm just said, the, the downloads and whatnot, it's all just one big list now. Um, it's not like you don't, it does, like it's not separated by uploads, downloads, this and that. Um, it's just one big list. Um, if you want to see uploads and downloads specifically, uh, you would just press the options button and it'll tell you, it'll give you that option to, to see those things specifically. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's all just one list now. And um, if you've got PlayStation VR, you can watch 3D Blu-rays on, on that now. Uh, it's actually pretty neat. Sounds mm. pretty neat. <laughs> um, something you can't do on your PS4 Pro, I guess. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you've got a regular PlayStation uh, uh, PS4. Uh, well, actually, no. I think you'll still be able to play 3D Blu-rays on your PS4 Pro. It's uh, the Ultra HD one that you can't play. It better. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, those are... Those are the features that that Sony was touting uh, when they detailed the the software. But strangely enough, the one thing that they didn't really talk about that people kind of discovered on their own, uh, weirdly, is that if you do own a PlayStation 4 Pro, uh, they added what they're calling a boost mode, um, which which is designed to to kind of boost performance uh, on PS4 games that don't have like a proper PS4 Pro patch. You know, um, you can you can now go into the system settings and and turn on boost mode, and presumably, or or ideally, it will kind of like improve the way the game runs, like better frame rates, uh, load times, and whatnot. Um, and you know the if if you're big on on like you know the digital foundry over at Eurogamer, they're they're pretty big on testing this kind of thing. Uh, 
frame rates and whatnot, we, like comparing versions of the games and whatnot. Like I'm a few if you're into into that at all, Malcolm, but they're they're pretty big on that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they've been testing a lot of games to see just what kind of improvements that they see you could see in the in in the games using this uh, using this boost mode or beast mode as it, it's being called. Uh, <laughs> um, That's what I would have called it, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, so so there's there's a lot of improvements in certain games. In some games, it's it's not really doing a whole lot based on like if a game like kind of lacks its frame rate, um, you're not going to see a lot of improvement there. But games with like an unlocked frame rate, like a Malcolm, <laughs> like Mal- perennial Malcolm favorite, uh, Knack. Yeah, that that's a pretty decent improvement uh, in terms of its frame rate. Uh, Did they do game- the final boss fight with the uh, beast mode on? I I don't know because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. I'm the only one who played the game all the way, I guess, on the show. But uh, when you get to the end, it does move noticeably a little slower, which um, if you're, you know, pretending that you're like Giant Man from the Civil War game, it makes sense because he moved, even though he was much bigger, he moved a little slower in his movements than the smaller characters, of course. uh, So they were, which at the end, you basically turn into a Godzilla-sized version of Knack to fight the the final boss, which is just like a giant fist fight in the pyramids, but uh, I, anyway, I was curious. That's interesting. Yeah, um, like a game that really benefited from it um, was, was a game that I thought like ran terribly uh, when it originally came out, which was you know um, Assassin's Creed Unity, um, a game that I kind of wanted to like, uh, but just kind of ran like shit. Um, like I remember when I played that game, weirdly enough, like like one like one of the big things about that game was like, look how many NPCs you can get on on screen, and then once you would like the game would cause the fucking ps my ps4 to, to sound like you know there was a fucking jet in my living room um <laughs> and, and, and even just looking at the map in that game like i would be like indoors in some little fucking pub or whatever and the game would be running fine then and then i'd push in the gamepad uh to to bring up the map and it would start chugging again it's like how is the fucking map making this game overheat <laughs> Um, you yeah, know just, you got problems with that. Yeah, so just like just top to bottom, that game was like terrible on the PS4. Uh, but putting playing that game on the PS4 Pro with boost mode on, and presumably that's not a game that'll get it like a proper pro patch because that game is three years old. Why bother? Um, yeah, but with with this patch, the game seems to run the way it was always intended to, and in that you know the game like the frame rate is smooth, doesn't overheat anymore, uh, shit like that. It's like and and you know. There's not, you know, the PS4 Pro finally being out, uh, a lot of new games are just going to be designed with the Pro in mind. Um, but this this helps address, like, that that small window of games where it's like, all right, maybe this game isn't going to see a Pro patch because they, it's, it's just a little it's just a little bit too old to be worth the effort. Uh, but something that games that people still might want to play. Uh, so games like, you know, I don't know, like fucking, I don't know, Drive Club maybe. I don't know if Drive Club got a Pro patch. Um, no, that's probably a bad example. They probably got a pro patch for that. But like Arkham Knight, uh, I believe does pretty well mm. on the uh, on the PS4 Pro now. Uh, I, I hear that Bloodborne got a pretty good uh, boost from from the games from the pro as well. I have a feeling that all the exclusives are going to be like the focus at first, and we'll have like yeah. the most noticeable improvements. So Bloodborne, yeah. which by the way, love that game. Uh, I. I I'm not surprised that that gets a considerable boost. Yeah, um, or even the not the non-exclusive Dark Souls Three, I believe, uh, also got a pretty nice boost from the boost mode as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so I feel like this is uh, this definitely makes the PS4 Pro a little bit more interesting uh, for people, uh, especially because right now, um, or at least for for some back catalog games, it's it's 
it's kind of spotty as to what games like all out support the PS4 Pro and like by bothering to put out a patch uh, that take full advantage of it. Like I think Fallout 4 just got its patch uh, this week. Uh, so yeah, there's still some games out there that could use some kind of boost at all. Like Just Cause 3 is the game that I enjoyed playing when I came out a couple years ago, but mm-hmm. but unfortunately. Uh, that game chugged a lot during heavy action sequences, which is unfortunate because that game is all about heavy action sequences. Um, so yeah, it's 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 one more very compelling reason to kind of look into the PS4 Pro. It's it's something I've been thinking about for a while. Like maybe after the inevitably, I feel like there'll be a price a price drop, whether it's like fifty bucks or a hundred bucks. Um, I, I should have checked GameStop when it came out. Probably they probably had something like save two hundred dollars if you trade in your old PS4, which would have been a no brainer for me then. But yeah, uh, um, yeah, I'm waiting on it too. Um, I don't think I'll, I'll buy a PS4 Pro at the full four hundred bucks. Just doesn't right now. It's still even with the boost one, it doesn't seem like it's worth the, the investment. I mean, like yeah, exactly. Like uh. I'll get into more in this later in the show, but I've been playing Neo uh, on my PS4 quite a bit. And the game, like we've said before about like the graphics improvement, it's not like the games look like shit. And Neo looks uh, incredible on my normal PS4. Right. <laughs> so it's like, it's hard like, oh, I need to drop $500 so I see some extra fireflies or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, right. And that's kind of what it's it's still at that point that it's been since the thing launched where it's like if you don't have a PS4 at all, um, the the pro is the obvious way to go. But if you've already got a PS4, um, I still don't see a whole lot of compelling reason to to, to make that jump. Like It wouldn't surprise me if the whole point of the true purpose of the pro is to more or less this is actually a gigantic beta test for the PS5 when that eventually comes out. <laughs> but yeah, it's like one of those things if... You know, if I had all the money in the world, I would definitely have have to have two PS Pros. But you know, four hundred dollars, like even one, is kind of like, eh. <laughs> it's like I could get a PS Pro or I could get games for my PS4 normal. So you know, <laughs> I should call it the PS Norm or something like that. PS Norm, <laughs> Norm, Norm. Everyone loves Norm. <laughs> I love Norm. I love Cheers. Good show. It's a good show. Yeah. Gave us Frasier. Uh, my favorite, also good, is is that one time The Simpsons had had cheers on. <laughs> Shut up, you and Brad Hick. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yes. Speaking of The uh, Simpsons, uh, one of my favorite like little jo- there are so many little jokes that are people's favorites. But one of my favorites is when they uh, had uh, freaking I can't believe I forgot his Al Gore. They had Al Gore. <laughs> And uh, he was told some good news, and he's like, well, this calls for a celebration. And he presses play on a record player, and it starts <laughs> playing the song, Celebration Time, come on. And he's, he's like, just sitting there just stone-faced. And he's like, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I played that quite a bit when the Pats won the Super Bowl, by the way. <laughs> oh, God, that game, Joe. Which I'm surprised we didn't go into, but Jesus, did do you watch football at all? No, we did talk about it in the last show, remember? Did we? Okay, yeah. all right on then. But that's still that was still fucking awesome. But anyway, <laughs> uh, all right. So interesting. Like so far, I'm enjoying the update. Like it, like Joe. Oh, thank you to Joe for actually testing it. But uh, turns out I was quite right to be apprehensive about the external hard drive because it is a beta test. Keep in mind. So yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, when it, when it's all up and running and working properly, I'm sure it'll be great. But, but uh, as far as everything else, it, it looks to be running pretty smoothly. All right, Joe, what else happened while we were gone? Uh, let's see. Normally, I wouldn't wouldn't talk about this because it's not something that directly affects PlayStation, uh, or usually not. Um, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of like these retro consoles, like the Retron Five or whatever. That kind of like is an all-in-one console that plays all of your old games. Like, yeah, yeah, I've seen like a, I've seen like a few people post a pic here and there about it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, um, which is a cool thing, um, but doesn't really affect you know PlayStation users. But like, there's a new uh, there's a there's a new uh, player here uh, called the Retro Blocks. A new uh, challenger has arrived. <laughs> yes, and and what differentiates it from from the others is that it. Well, I mean, one, it's not just like one thing that that has a bunch of ports or whatever to take a bunch of different games into. Um, it's going to use a modular design, Malcolm, meaning that you can kind of put whatever it's, you can kind of switch between what you want to want the system to play. Um, and one of the mod mods is going to be to allow you to play PlayStation games, PS1 games, uh, actual discs, things, which is a thing that, you know, these kind of systems just don't play. Um, they wanted to make a point to say, yeah, let's, let's get people's PS1 and like Sega CD collections going on this thing. Um. And yeah, like it's it's they're planning to launch a Kickstarter for it in April, I believe. Uh, but they're kind of just getting out there to show people, like, hey, look at this this like this thing that we're making, and look at how to, like it actually runs and plays things in in a way uh, that makes sense, uh, rather than just throwing blindly into a Kickstarter uh, like people did with Ouya. Um Remember Ouya? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So so they're they're smartly kind of getting in front of their own kickstarter to make sure that people know that this isn't just gonna be a fluke you know um but yeah this is this is pretty interesting i think it's it's gonna allow you to kind of like copy your collection onto the system itself like you'll be able to put an sd card into it that kind of and kind of pretty much put your entire like collection of, of games into it as you want to be able to just kind of switch between them on the fly um and yeah it seems it seems pretty neat um there's no word on what the price is going to be yet because like i said they, they haven't even launched a kickstarter yet um but like between like their user interface and the fact that you can stream directly to Twitch with it, uh, seems like something worth keeping an eye on for sure. Especially with the ability to play PS1 games on it. Mm, definitely, I'll have to keep an eye on that. Though after Mighty Number no. Nine, I'm a little cautious now with my uh, money. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I mean, yeah, I mean that's always buyer beware on Kickstarter, but I'm happy to report that unlike Malcolm, I, I've backed some pretty good horses on Kickstarter in the past. Uh, that haven't really bit me in the butt. Uh, probably the best among them being, of course, Shovel Knight. Always happy to. That's true. I, I definitely bet on the right horse on that one. Oh man, what, what was the what, what's the name of the one that uh, the Castlevania guy is making again? Uh, Bloodstained. Bloodstained. Yeah, is that coming out this year, or is there like no release date for that yet? Oh, didn't they push that back into 2018? All right. <laughs> well, that answers that. They, yeah, they pushed that back a while ago. Oh. I, I I have hope for that game too. Even though I didn't put money on it, I I have some hope for that one. Yeah, with with games specifically, I'm I'm pretty happy to kind of or just you know Kickstarter in general now. Like even though I've had been pretty successful, uh, at this point I'm happy to just let everyone else kind of decide what does and does not make it. Because you know you you see so many Kickstarters, they just either a the game isn't good as as ha- what happened with like <laughs> Mighty Number no. Nine or or the worst actual the actual worst case scenario where the game just doesn't actually happen even after being funded, uh, which you see a little too often for my taste. Mm. 
um, where the where the developer kind of just runs out of the money that they raised, and they're like, ah, we can't actually finish this. Sorry. Uh, and people sometimes get their money back, but not always. And it's like mm, that seems dangerous. Mostly so, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So especially with something as ambitious as this. I think I'm better off kind of just waiting and, and seeing what the market decides. Uh, but hopefully it does make it through as something cool because it does seem really fucking cool. Right on. All right. What else happened while we were gone? Uh, let's see here. Some updates on former updates. Game of the year for 2016. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 got some DLC news here, Malcolm. Yes, you did. Let's, see. let's start with the actual proper DLC. Uh, which is that uh, the first DLC episode uh, will be launching in March, uh, focusing on Gladiolus, uh, titled appropriately Episode Gladiolus. <laughs> and it was called Episode Ignis, and it didn't have him in. <laughs> <laughs> like, weird, this one's called Episode Prompto, and it's all about Gladiolus. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be launching March 28th. Um, they, from the looks of it, they didn't announce a price for it, uh, for buying it piecemeal. Uh, of course, if you have the season pass, it will be included as part of that. Which I uh, did. Yeah, like I'm still waiting to see what the price is going to be uh, on this before I decide to either buy them one at a time or, or just going all in on the season pass. But I, like, I am interested in, in, in buying and playing uh, uh, all, all of the DLC. Oh, yeah. And did you see the mini trailer they released recently? Uh, I did not. Uh, it showed. It actually showed some scenes with, uh, ep- like, it was pretty much a, a trailer for the plans for a final fantasy 15 dlc like of course it first showed the carnival which i think has concluded at this point or i don't know if it actually concludes or if you can just go do it at any time i'm not sure but uh then it showed uh, episode gladiolus in march and it actually showed some scenes of it of course you're going to be playing as gladio and it looks like you do have a partner as uh core who i've barely seen who i've haven't seen again since that first and first time with them at chapter one or two uh and i'm on chapter nine eight at this point uh still there yeah i'm here okay okay. i'm just adjusting the position of my laptop i gotcha gotcha uh but core is in there and uh, it actually shows some really sweet double team moves with the two characters as they basically are going through this dungeon for not sure why. Like, maybe maybe he gets something really cool. I know he gets a really cool scar out of it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it showed that. And that that's like the big one coming up. There's also going to be like at some point this month a booster pack which they didn't really explain what was going to go into it. Um, but that's coming out some point in February. Uh, yeah, the 21st, so um, about a week from yeah, a week from now. Um, the booster pack, it'll be it'll come in free and paid, uh, you know, in season pass versions, kind of like that uh, at the Chocobo Moogle Festival thing. Uh, had two versions. Um, and I think it's just going to give you some battle items. Oh, nice, nice. Those are always appreciated. And if they did it like they did the last booster DLC, there'll probably be one free one and one that costs money. Or, of course, if you have the season pack, you can download both like I did. Malcolm, uh, again, I literally just said that. Well, yeah, I, I like to reiterate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the people who have the same attention deficit disorder as me. And feel free <laughs> to repeat after me afterwards. But anyway, <laughs> uh, there's that. And... Um, of course, the big one, which I'm not—I forget—and you can correct me if I'm wrong about it being 
possibly delayed, but they've also got an, this isn't really DLC. They've got an update coming out, which is going to add the extra story for uh, chapter 13, which I heard. Yes, way to get ahead of me, Mel. Okay. You, uh, you want to figure yeah. it out? <laughs> yes, starting on February 21st, alongside the booster pack, um, you will be getting PlayStation 4 Pro support. Uh, if you got a PS4 Pro. Um, beast mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's the beast mode, Malcolm, and then there's like the proper pro patch. Uh, oh, okay, which, okay. Yeah, which will like up the resolution of the game or or whatever it is they decide to do. Like different developers have different things in mind for for their pro patches. I don't know what Square Enix has in mind for for FF15, but it could be either like oh the game has better lighting or or a higher or a higher resolution or or what have you. Um, okay. um, but on top of that, of course, as Malcolm said. Uh, the Chapter 13 update <laughs> will be launching. Well, actually, that'll be launching alongside the the DLC on March 28th. So yeah, the Gladio uh, commer- yeah, commercial. Yeah, the Gladio <laughs> the Gladiolus DLC and the Chapter 13 improvements will be coming on March 28th. Um, let's see. According to this Polygon story, uh, various enhancements will improve the late stage gameplay. According to uh, game director Hajime Tabada, uh, see, which was criticized by players at launch for being slow and a slow endless slog. I could not agree more with that description. Uh, while these improvements have not been detailed, Tabata mentioned that players will have the chance to play as Gladiolus during this section. Uh, that makes the update launch well timed, as episode Gladiolus allows players to control the party member for the DLC's duration. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to work where he just plays Gladiolus, because I have no idea what Gladiolus was up to during that time <laughs> in well, the story. Yeah, uh, well, I get this is us finding out what he was up to. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know if they're going to give you a different part of the world to explore as Gladiolus, or if they're just going to say, no, you get to play the same shitty part as Gladiolus for some reason. Um, yeah, I don't know what the approach is going to be exactly, but I guess we'll see. Um, although I'm not exactly running to my PS4 to replay Chapter 13, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope they have some fun and like build on his character because, like, one of the things I'm surprised that I we haven't seen any like like a backlash or like re- response from him. Maybe because he had he's the bodyguard and he has to be the strong character. But you know, a lot of attention is given to the fact. Oh, King Regis is dead and Noctis's dad is dead. Uh, Gladio's father died too. Because he was the King Regis's shield as well, right? So you have to think that you know maybe I he explodes later, and I just <laughs> haven't seen it yet. But you have to assume everyone in that castle died. Exactly. So maybe you know part of the story is him like mourning the loss of his dad and him you know ga- regaining his focus, so to speak. Because you know he, he just sort of has to like power through, and you know that might be one of the reasons he ha- that he leaves to go on this thing during chapter eight or chapter seven, where he's just like, you know, I have to regain my focus, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be fun. And uh, also in the trailer, and this might be in your notes as well, they put a very brief uh, teaser for episode Prompto, which is to be announced in June right now. Well, yeah, they'll be releasing it in June, in June I think. Um, and that'll be the next DLC. So it's, I guess they're going to be, man, that'll be like three months apart. Um, yeah, well, it's not like we won't have anything to play in between then. I mean, <laughs> but I know. I mean, it's just like I don't know. If, like as much as I like Final Fantasy Fifteen, like I don't know if I will want to come back to it every three months. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, to expound that story, I might, but we'll see. Uh, it depends on how long episode Gladio is. If it's like, <laughs> if it's like an hour, if it's like, well, yeah. yeah. 
if it's an hour, then yeah, okay. But if it's like a, a Witcher expansion, then we. <laughs> I don't think it'll be that ambitious. <laughs> Enjoy Final Fantasy fifteen two Gladio. What the fuck? <laughs> Another thirty hours. What the hell? Oh, uh, something, uh, okay, did you talk about the level expansion in the booster in one of the patches? Uh, no, not yet, but let me get through this part real quick. Okay, go for it, just go. Um, it's the, apparently you'll also be able to finally drive freely in the regalia, which is a thing, as much as I enjoy the idea of driving that car around, it's, I hate that you just, you can't really totally control the car completely, like you would in a fucking regular game. Uh, like I found it very annoying to it. As a shit driver, I kind of appreciated that, but I'm... <laughs> like, no one is that bad where it's like, you have... It's like, just fucking let me drive wherever I want a car. Uh, um, and finally, the place, the Platinum demo will be taken offline at the end of March as well, on March 31st. Uh, so if you, that's something you wanted to get in on uh, before playing Final Fantasy XV, um, you have a very limited amount of time left to do so. Mm. All right, what was your thing? Uh, in one of the... In one of the booster packs, I remember that they were saying that they're going to expand the level cap to 120. What is the level cap now? Uh, 99. Or Okay. That's the usual cap in Final Fantasy games, but uh, they said they're going to expand it to 120. Um, no no word yet, last I checked, that if that means that all the that there are going to be enemies that are going to be higher. Pro- this is probably to make uh, those uh, end-of-the-game dungeons which I'm sure you know what I mean, Joe, a little bit easier for some people. But, uh, yeah, that's a thing right now. Mm. Uh, so, Or, excuse me, when, when the update hit. That's either part of the booster pack or part of that update they do for uh, all the, for the uh, Chapter 13. That'll, when it, that comes out. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, should we touch on the big controversy on one of, of, the, of one of the DLCs for Final Fantasy Fifteen? Sure. Uh, did you hear about the Power Rangers DLC? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, one of the things that was going to be released were these special power suits that they were being called. And if you, and you know, the big thing about them is they would make you invincible for like thirty minutes, but you can only use them once every twenty-four hours. And <laughs> the the most notable thing, if you, you feel free to Google it on one on your phone or something like that, but. Uh, the thing about them is, like, when you look at these designs, they look very much like the designs for the Power Rangers movie that's coming out in March. And and at first, we, we everyone thought, oh, it's just an inside joke or some form of cross-promotion, which is not outside of the realm of uh, possibility for 15, Cup of Noodles. But uh, <laughs> lo and behold. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lo and behold, uh, Saban, or the guys that are making the movie, eventually heard about this, said, no, fuck you, and now they have to redesign the suits so they don't look Power Ranger-y. Oh. <laughs> yeah, these are straight up Power Rangers. Yeah, they're, they're like, <laughs> they are most definitely the Power Rangers. <laughs> Magitech exosuit my ass. <laughs> All right. If they summon Zords, then that's when you know, okay, come on. <laughs> so basically the people from the movie like put the kibosh on it they're still going to release a version of the power suits probably not looking like power rangers anymore but maybe different colors probably <laughs> just yeah come on you're you're more creative than this final fantasy you can, <laughs> like make them look like freaking like legend of dragoon make it look like 
Bahamut armor and Shiva armor and uh, Reed <laughs> armor and shit like that. But uh, yeah, it was delayed, so we don't know when it's coming out now. Oh, uh, funny bit of news there. But anyway, so uh, any other Final Fantasy? Oh, should, since we're talking about fifteen, should we talk about the the announcement that Square made about Final Fantasy? 15? Uh, I don't know which one you're going to talk about, Malcolm, but I do have one last thing of Final Fantasy news here. Okay, uh, which was during a Final Fantasy anniversary celebration. Uh, reminder people that final fantasy turns 30 fucking years old this year god damn um remember five years ago when you wrote up like those anniversary things for front towards gamer <laughs> and final fantasy was one of them because that turned 25 uh man now it's 30 holy shit but anyway um as part of that um kind of like celebration they announced that final fantasy 12's remaster which is titled uh what is it? The Zodiac Age. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, it finally has a release date. It will be launching exclusively on PlayStation 4 on July 11th. Nice. Especially since, as far as I know, nothing else is coming out that month. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Uh, we'll see where I am financially because this quarter, first quarter is kicking my ass financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm really stoked for it. It's a good game and I don't think a lot of people played it, so... This is a great chance for people who missed it to finally get a hold of it and try it out. Uh, the thing I was going to mention, uh, the news that in a investor call or something like that, the the P- Square Enix pr- announced that Final Fantasy 15 broke even with the cost it took to create, make, and produce the game on the very first day. Okay. So at this point, like everything past this has been nothing but profit, which is great news for Square. Because they needed they needed a hit at this point, and they hit a home run with it, as far as we're concerned. So, mm-hmm. all right, that that's all I got for Final Fantasy fifteen. Okay, that's all I got for Final Fantasy at all. All right, um, moving on. Moving on, we still have some Square news though. Um, stuff that we, I forgot to mention the last time. Yeah, I was shocked. We, we <laughs> talked about it like before we recorded the show. Yeah, I wanted to. I, like I was very interested in talking about it in detail, and then I just somehow completely fucking forgot. But. <laughs> Uh, Square Enix has uh, has has uh, has made a deal with Marvel Comics, Malcolm. I don't know if you know Marvel Comics. Uh, I, I've but... heard of them. I hear you doing well. <laughs> but they are uh, getting back into the console game business, uh, and they chose Square Enix to help them do it. Um, and nothing, nothing super concrete has been actually announced, except for the fact that they are calling this the Avengers Project. Uh, they they released a short teaser, kind of just showing, hey, you know the Avengers, right? <laughs> you know what they look like. Here's here's a short teaser of of their stuff. Um, so, and, as long as Tetsuyo Nomura isn't working on this, we should get this. <laughs> no, this will this seems to be headed up uh, solely by the Western side of of Square Enix. Do you remember that they bought out IDOS so many years ago? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this will be developed by Crystal Dynamics of um of uh Lara Croft yeah Tomb Raider um so yeah that's not a that's definitely a big deal um they'll be making it in collaboration with Eidos Montreal as well the studio behind uh Deus Ex um yeah that's details beyond that are non-existent but um yeah I mean, th- this is uh, all part of Marvel's reapproach to their video games because before they would just give it to Activision and hope for the best. Not but... even completely that. Like, there, it would basically just be the Spider-Man games uh, based on the movies and then hope for the best. <laughs> um, like, not, like we haven't 
Web of Shadows. Don't forget that game. That game was good. You can't make fun really. Of that. You you liked Web of like, Shadows? Were that was a great. That was a great game. Um, and he's like, basically the games that weren't based directly on movies were pretty good. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, like obviously the Avengers are are big, you know, mobile game business. As Malcolm has played several of those games on his on his mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I still play beyond... Marvel pu- Puzzle Quest. <laughs> <laughs> but beyond like the odd, the you know, Spider Man game, uh, they haven't really been in the console space in a while, um, especially as as in terms of like an ensemble game, like they've had the Lego games, like Lego Marvel superheroes or whatever, uh, and Lego Avengers. But besides that, like it, before that, it was what like Ultimate Alliance, mm. uh, which was an Activision game as well. Um, See, there was some merit in what I said, <laughs> <laughs> um, which they just re-released on PS4 for like forty or fifty dollars. Good lord. Uh, yeah, I mean, they get you both games, but it's like, come on, man, those games are fucking like ten years old. <laughs> um. And those versions aren't even very good. <laughs> like somehow they screwed it up getting a PS4. But anyway, um, yeah, like they're like on top of that, like the games that they have put out for for like beyond like the Avengers games, like the Iron Man games that were based on the movies were trash. The mm-hmm. Thor game based on the original Thor movie was trash, except for the Nintendo DS game. Oddly enough, <laughs> that version was actually really good. The whole um, game was trash. The whole games are trash. Well, uh, yeah, the whole game is based on the movie was trash. Um, Captain America game wasn't that bad, I thought. No, but it wasn't. Any- it was just a, a reskinned, less ambitious Arkham Knight or Arkham game. <laughs> like, what if Arkham was less good? <laughs> basically, was was what that came down to. Um, but basically, after after those, um, yeah, they kind of just disappeared from making console games. Uh, and now, and now they're coming back with <laughs> with the Avengers. Uh, well, not just not just that. I mean, they're they're refocusing. They're being a lot more picky with who gets what. Like, Spider Man is being produced is a Sony exclusive now, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, as we've noted, is being done by Telltale. So they're trying they're trying out different avenues and whatnot. And now Avengers is being held helmed by the same people who gave us the awesome reboot of Tomb Raider. So. <laughs> I'm excited, but apparently Joe is not. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, but unfortunately, I'm actually digging through my messages right now to see what exactly I was so up in arms about, because I don't remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> this, this news originally broke, what, like three weeks ago? No, um, hates everything, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> man, hold, I forgot what else. I, I think you were just pissed that it was Square. Like, I don't even... To be fair to you, <laughs> I don't think you knew that it was being done by the people who did Tomb Raider yet, you just thought it was going to be like a Tetsuyo Nomura joint, and you were like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I think it's just the fact that, um, like, Marvel's, like, like I mean, they're, they're definitely taking it in the right direction by getting a really good studio behind this game. Uh, but for the most part, I think I was just kind of turned off by the fact that Marvel just overall doesn't have a really great track record. Um, they are trying to fix that, though, Jim. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's like, I'm very... I'm very cautious about what this actually will entail because I mean, a um, like I said, like like their history with games is pretty spotty. Like obviously, they're like when they hit, they make pretty big fucking hits. Like you know, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom is obviously a big fucking deal. Uh, things like uh, like some of the Spider-Man games have been really fucking good. Um, things like that. But by and large, it's like they're not very good at, or they haven't been very good at kind of making 
games that kind of reflect what's so special about the heroes, respectively. Right. Um, I do appreciate that they're you can very much see they're at least trying. They're they're trying different things. They're trying stuff with different studios, and on paper this. Well, this is gigantic on paper, but on paper, this seems like a good idea, especially just coming off Final Fantasy and Tomb Raider, which, you know, Square has been doing. They've been doing some things right and to a point where I, I, I can understand Marvel trusting them with such a gigantic property. Right. And, you know, obviously it's not as much, like you said, it's a big deal that, you know, they're doing an Avengers game. Um, I just kind of wish, I guess another thing that I kind of wish was that, what you know, I, I wish that they could also focus, like, on games for, like, singular heroes as well. Hopefully that comes down the line. Mm. Like, an Avengers game, obviously, is is, is great. Um, but, like, man, like, I would love for an actual really good fucking just, like, an Iron Man game. Or, like, just a really fucking good, like, Captain America game, you know? This um, might have to be it for a little while, Joe. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing, is that, it's like, yeah, these ensemble games have been great in the past. But it's, like, like hopefully it's not, like, I mean, fuck, like... It's it pisses it like it still actually pisses me off to this day that like that, that those Iron Man games are so bad because like Iron Man is like such a perfect video game character, like he's a fucking fighter jet that he wears he wears a fighter jet basically <laughs> you know like he's a fucking human fighter jet like how how were the, how are those games bad at all? Oh, <laughs> it's like well, he's such... he kept getting hit up the ass with a missile. That's how it got bad. <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, like an Iron Man game should be like the funnest thing ever, um, but like yeah, like I mean I don't know like. Hopefully it's not just him, like as good as those Ultimate Alliance games were. Like hopefully it's not just him running around in a dungeon like he, like it was before. It's like you're not you're like you're wearing an Iron Man suit. Why don't you fly around more? <laughs> like why are you actually running? No, don't just hover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like with, <laughs> um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully this this does does more for for you know Marvel characters within the video game space because Marvel. You know, as, as good as those, uh, you know, Marvel vs. Capcom games are, it's like doesn't really capture the feeling of of being Iron Man. You know, mm. uh, it's just you playing this arena, this twenty foot arena or whatever. You know, um, like hope, but hopefully it does for for these individual characters what you know games like Arkham, like the Arkham series has done for Batman. Where it's like it's like man, like this is really good at making you feel like fucking Batman. Hopefully we get that for Captain America. We get that for you know Iron Man, Thor, and all the rest mm. uh, down the line. And- you know, it would be funny if this is a smash hit success. That it's it'll be funny because you have Marvel who makes incredible movies, now makes incredible games, and pretty much they do everything incredible except for the comics. Yeah, you'd think they'd be better about making more consistently good comics, but you know, it's to a point where they kind of they're kind of doing a Marvel rebirth <laughs> or a DC rebirth in August. They announced. Did you hear? That? <laughs> Did you hear that? Um, yeah. Yeah, they basically, okay, all right, fine, we're going to hit the reset button. It's like, <laughs> no, I guess I'm like, okay, well, thank you. But, yeah, that, that's fine. Like, I, I can't wait for the game. I have hopes for it. We'll, we'll see how it does. But, yeah, as Joe's pointed out, it's got kind of a bad legacy to climb out of. Yeah. Um, let's see, further, further Square Enix slash Marvel news is that, um, you know, on top of the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game, that, uh, IDOS, uh, Montreal specifically uh, is working on Guardians of the Galaxy game of their own, uh, which unfortunately is bad news for Deus Ex as well, uh, because apparently uh, they were working 
or they were early on in, in the sequel for Deus Ex, and they went ahead and canceled that uh, in favor of making a Guardians of the Galaxy game, um, which sucks for me because <laughs> I like those Deus Ex games. Um, Didn't it so, end on a cliffhanger, this game? Um, not a cliffhanger. It just kind of suddenly ends at a point where it's like, oh, I guess that's it. <laughs> um, not, necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily a cliffhanger. It just was kind of anticlimactic and sudden. So it was um, like a Halo 2 ending. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, it didn't leave me angry the way Halo 2 left people angry back in the day, but <laughs> it just felt like, oh, I guess that's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what 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 a uh, what a Guardians of the Galaxy game would entail outside of uh, you know outside of the Telltale thing. Like, I don't know what if they. Yeah, I don't know, especially with uh, with uh, the Avengers game coming up. Like, I don't know how it's going to differentiate itself from that even. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Very interesting times over there mm. at Square Enix. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, man, because I know you were a big fan of that game, too. Yeah, I love that game so much. So it's like it's kind of a bummer. Um, Square Enix uh, sent a statement to Kotaku kind of clarifying that, you know, at least in terms of this X, uh, they're working on still updating, you know, you know, DLC for, like, you know, mankind divided. There's still DLC due for that game. Um, but yeah, um, for now they're just kind of confirming that that yeah, the Marvel game is being developed by Crystal Dynamics. Uh, yeah, and Crystal Dyma- Dynamics is still pretty busy. You know, on top of the Marvel thing, they're still still working on presumably that next Tomb Raider game as well. Yeah, the one that was caught at Subway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, which which wasn't canceled in favor of the Marvel thing. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Very very interesting times coming out of the Western branches of Uh, I believe they have some time. I mean, they're probably wrapping up Tomb Raider right now. And uh, I imagine they'll want this Marvel game somewhere around either the first or second Infinity War movie. So they've got a few years. Yeah, and that's what, 2018? Yeah, 2018, 2019 are the two movies i believe okay yeah so i yeah i definitely see it like i yeah it's it's very easy to like see a future where it's like okay they announce the new tomb raider game at e3 and have it out you know in november uh and then they re- they show off and release the avengers game for 2018 all so what else happened since we've been gone oh boy uh let's see here we've got da, da, da. good news for walking dead fans uh the next episode of walking dead uh a new frontier uh Season three, as it's also known, uh, is going to be out in March. Nice. Out in March. Uh, and on top of that, the season pass disc, the physical version of the season, will be out on February 28th as well for $30. Uh, March 3rd, if you're in New York. Nice. The episode Gladio of uh, The New Frontier. <laughs> sure. Um, and like I said, when when those first two episodes came out, uh, in December, uh, this this season of Walking Dead is is gearing up to be really fucking good, really special stuff. Like that, like as much as I knocked like um you know the Batman series for being kind of janky, uh, like this game looks like the Walking Dead season three looks really good and it runs really fucking good as well. On top of having so far a really fucking good story, um, mm. so it's it's gearing up to be some of the best work that Telltale has done um, in a very very long time. So if if you're not in on on uh, the Walking Dead. Uh, season three yet. Um, the season past disc seems like a pretty good way to get in on it. Have to look into it then. I I, I got to replay. Uh, I think I need to like sit down and replay the previous seasons just to catch up again. Eh, I mean, they do a pretty good job in in the season three thing of either importing your save and showing you, or just kind of if you don't want to replay, you could just say, "Hey, these are the decisions I made. Uh, get me a get me that version, please." Uh, <laughs> nice. All right, well, I'll look forward to that then. All right, what else happened since we've been gone? Uh, let's see. 
uh, Rockstar or Take Two Interactive, more specifically, um, have announced that yes, Grand Theft Auto V is still selling an ungodly amount, uh, now having reached 75 million copies worldwide. <sighs> Fuck me! <laughs> Holy shit, that's a lot of uh, a lot of video game. That's why it takes so long for them to make another freaking uh, freaking Grand Theft Auto game because they won't people won't stop buying them. Yeah. Um... Obviously, Grand Theft Auto Online specifically, which is part of the Grand Theft Auto V package, uh, is extremely successful for for uh, Take Two and Rockstar. Like that game makes money hand over fist, uh, and I, I presume is the reason that we haven't seen any single player DLC for GTA V at all, uh, which is unusual for for GTA in this era. Um, you know, obviously GTA IV had its had its uh, expansions, the episodes from Liberty City, which were what Lost and Damned and. Uh, the Ballad of Gay Tony. Mm. Um, yeah, those were successful in their own right, um, but I guess not nearly as successful as GTA Online uh, has been for for Rockstar. Because like like I think anybody has noticed um, every time like GTA Five is on sale uh, on the PlayStation Store, it's usually like they've only just recently just done the bare bones game, but it's usually been like oh GTA Five plus a money pack for whatever you know for for GTA Online, it's like the whale shark card or whatever or whatever the fuck. <laughs> like gets you like five million dollars of in-game currency or whatever like it's always those versions of the game that, that have been on sale uh, so like yeah like gta 5 and gta online more specifically have been wildly successful yeah, i mean congratulations to rockstar they sure know how to make a game god damn it but <laughs> yeah jesus 75 million copies is an absurd amount of copies for a game to sell i'm ch- i should look it up right now as to what the best selling games ever are but damn that seems like that would be up there. It was a pretty good game, gotta admit. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Looking at the list of <laughs> Wikipedia, the the best uh, and most reliable uh, resource that we have here. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. So some games get like a ludicrous amount when you kind of just lump together all versions. Uh, like Tetris, apparently, according to this Wikipedia article, tops in at number one at nearing 500 million. Uh, across every platform ever, basically. Uh, but GTA V would rank number four, according to this list here that they've prepared, uh, behind only Wii Sports right now and Minecraft and Tetris. Yeah, Wii Sports is going to be tough to beat because they include all the Wii Sports that was included. With yeah, the, yeah, true. But that would only that's at 82 million. So it's not very fucking far behind. Fair point, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> and Minecraft... Uh, exceeding 107 million across all platforms, and then, like I said, Tetris at an insurmount- insurmountable 495 million copies. Um, but yeah, shit, goddamn, I don't have any, I don't have any more superlative to throw at that. <laughs> oh man, all right. Well, congratulations, Rockstar. There, Everybody, yeah. Damn. All right. What else happened this week? Uh, let's this see. Month, while we're gone. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're into Psychonauts. Malcolm. Yeah, I dabble. Uh, you dabble in some Psychonauts. Uh, a great cult classic game of the PS2, Xbox era. Um, but, yeah, they, they a while ago, they announced that they were doing A. Um, the more exciting news is that, you know, obviously that they're doing that sequel. Uh, Psychonauts 2 is coming down the pipeline. But in the meantime, we're also getting Psychonauts Rhombus of Ruin. Uh, Psychonauts in the Rhombus of Ruin, uh, which is a PlayStation VR exclusive. Uh, they announced that, that, uh, that if you pre-order that game, uh, the VR game, you'll be getting the original Psychonauts on PlayStation 4 for free. Uh, and if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you'll also get an additional 10% off uh, the $20 price. Uh, it's not a bad and, deal for that. 
yeah, um, it is a PlayStation VR exclusive, so if you don't have the headset, uh, you won't be able to play it. Um, but that will be bridging the gap between uh, Psychonauts 1 and 2 uh, once that eventually comes out. So uh, if you do have a, a PlayStation VR, I do encourage you to get, get in on that pre-order the game even. Uh, I don't know when, I don't know if they give you the original game right away, the way they did it was like South Park, uh, for you to play in the meantime. But either way, I encourage you to, to pre-order that if you've got a headset. Nice. All right. What else happened what, since we've been gone then? Let's see. Um, aha, here we go. Um, according to uh, Activision during its earning, earnings report for uh, the quarter, they said that in the 2017 Call of Duty, the upcoming Call of Duty, as of yet unannounced, but obviously coming Call of Duty game for this year, um, apparently it will go, quote, Back to its root, um, according to Chief Operating Officer Thomas Tipple uh, fr- from Activision, he said, quote, that uh, Infinite Warfare underperformed and that it's clear that a portion of our audience, uh, the space setting, uh, just didn't resonate. Um, he said traditional combat will once again take center stage, uh, and all of these signs point to them, uh, as EA did with Battlefield, going back in time uh, to the World War setting. Um, I don't think, obviously, Battlefield 1 went a little further back by going to World War 1, which uh, a lot of games don't do. But for Call of Duty to go back to its roots, that would be World War 2, as they did for the first three games and then for World at War. Um, I'm kind of interested to see <laughs> uh, how how the market responds to that. Because, obviously, those original Call of Duty games, as good as they were, uh, called you know World War 2 games just kind of saturated the market for a while there. Uh, you know, before Call of Duty 4 came out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how receptive people are to going back to that. Definitely, definitely. Um, and that's a shame, because I actually did like Infinite Infinite Warfare there. It's a shame it didn't do better. Yeah, but... for sure. Because, um, yeah, like, you liked it, I liked it. Um, but this guy is also correct. And, like, obviously, I mean, they, they I think it was announced that, you know, Call of Duty was still... You know, Infinite Warfare was still, like, highly successful relative to, like, other games that came out. Like, I believe it was still the best-selling, if, if not one of, one of, if not the best-selling game of the year. Um, it's it's definitely not up to what kind of, to the super high standard that that series has set um, in years past. Because um, that game, Infinite Warfare, is on sale with a frequency that, that other Call of Duty games just aren't. <laughs> um, mm. Like, that game was regularly on sale now. Um, like the regular edition, you'll see on sale a lot for forty bucks. The the legacy edition on sale for sixty bucks, uh, or sometimes even less than that. Um, and even right now, uh, my I, I obviously can only speak to to the store I work at specifically, but we've been sitting on a pretty decent pile of Call of Duty games, of Infinite Warfare games, uh, uh, for a little while now. Um, oh. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to see how both one. Like, you know, people are like, oh, Call of Duty doesn't take enough chances. It's like, all right, here, we're, we're in space, motherfucker. <laughs> we, you've got spaceships and everything. Uh, and then to see people, like, not put their money where their mouth is, uh, and then for them to pivot back in the opposite direction. So, all right, let's go back to the thing that people kind of got bored of. It's like, all right, I don't understand <laughs> how... <laughs> I don't understand the video game, the economics of video games anymore, I guess is what I'm, get, what I'm saying here. Yeah, people asking for something and then reneging as soon as they get it. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely, I feel you there, brother. I definitely. (laughs) I don't understand. So hopefully, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, like, it's easy to make fun of, like, Call of Duty as being the the annual thing. 
Um, but like it, like I've always, like I've always enjoyed Call of Duty, um, or at least the, you know, the the campaigns. Uh, so you know, like I, like I'll probably check it out regardless of what they decide to do with it. But um, yeah, that, that was kind of disappointing to see them kind of go away from you know what kind of progressing taking the series into different directions. You know, mm. like I like. I like Advanced Warfare. I like Infinite Warfare. Um was never really a huge fan of like the World War Two games. Uh, as much, you know, as much acclaim as Call of Duty 2 got. Like that was kind of like the peak of World War Two games. Um, as much acclaim as that game got. Like I wasn't super into that. So I don't know. For me, this is kind of a slightly disappointing if it goes back to that. Definitely. Uh, well, hopefully, I mean, I hope they don't quit on the series entirely. Like uh, I... Like, I understand there's, like, Black Ops, there's Ghosts, and hopefully Infinite can find, like, a home, home but, uh, god damn it, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. shame, because I did like that, that game quite a bit. Yeah, and I liked Advanced Warfare, like, the, the, the game coming this year, they're on a, they're on a three-year cycle now, so it's three studios developing, uh, you know, Call of Duty games, um, before it was just Infinity Ward and, and Treyarch, but this year's game will be due from Sledgehammer Games, and they did Advanced Warfare. Uh, was Kevin Spacey, and I love that game. <laughs> like, Kevin Spacey is so good in that game. Um, he is, actually. It's hard for Kevin <laughs> Spacey to not be good, I guess. But yeah. um, So, so with their game being due this year, and, and them saying that it's going to be going back to the series roots, uh, that tells me that Advanced Warfare is not going to continue as its own little micro-series, the way, you know, like Modern Warfare or Black Ops did. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they can bring uh, to I guess the World War II setting, um, which is still interesting to see because you know Sledgehammer kind of pro- they they proved that they they've got the chops to to make a compelling uh, Call of Duty game. So I'll be interested to see what they bring to World War II, but I'm not super excited by by World War II uh, as a setting initially. Mm. Yeah, me neither. Because like, you know, like I said, that's been done to death, and that's sort of what you came to the game to <laughs> Call of Duty for for something different. So yeah, although I guess in in this in its current climate. Um, maybe shooting Nazis isn't so bad after all that. I guess so. Pluses and minuses, you know. Indeed. Oh man, <laughs> oh man, did you? Um, this isn't really PlayStation news, and I didn't have it here. But did you hear about um the the dude who modded the Wolfenstein 3D? Uh, because that game exists as freeware, Malcolm. You can mod it and release versions as you see fit. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> one guy modded it recently to so that you could only speak to the Nazis. <laughs> Instead of shooting them on site, it's like, oh, how about we talk about it instead? And you lo- and you lose every time. <laughs> uh, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I did not hear about that. I'm gonna have to that. Violence is never the answer, guys. They've got opposing viewpoints. Hear them out. You know, what's that? You're dead. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so yeah, maybe you know what? Maybe yeah, maybe shooting Nazi. It's time to shoot Nazi. Maybe that's not so bad after all. In the killing Nazi business. <laughs> oh man, I gotta rewatch that movie. Oh god, yeah. All right, what else happened since we've been gone? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, as as a fa- as fans of the NBA 2K series, Malcolm, mm. perhaps you'll be interested to know that uh, the NBA and 2K Sports will be partnering up for an NBA 2K E League coming in 2018, mm. uh, taking the game to a much more serious esports level. Uh, yeah, so the NBA and uh, Take Two will be partnering up for that. Um, according to a news release, uh, this will be quote the first official esports league operated by a U.S. professional sports league. Uh, the five-person esports teams in the E League will be run by real-life NBA clubs 
although it's unclear if each of the NBA's 30 franchises will operate its own squad in the E-League. Uh, I'm reading this from Polygon, by the way. Uh, competition in the E-League will resemble the structure of a traditional sports schedule, head-to-head matchups over the course of a regular season, followed by a bracket-based playoff setup leading up to a championship showdown. Um, that's the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, had the following to say, uh, which is, number one, nuts for me to read. <laughs> a sports commissioner have anything to say about video games in any capacity, but here we go. Uh, the popularity of NBA 2K with their young and growing esports community provides a unique opportunity to develop something truly special for our fans and, and the gaming community. We look forward to combining our best-in-class NBA team operators with Take-Two's competitive gaming expertise to create a brand new league experience. Um, Take-Two CEO Ross Zelnick said that, quote, Esports is a growing segment of our industry, and we will aim to take the thrill of competition to exciting new heights through our partnership with the NBA. Um, yeah, let's see here. Um, multiple individuals in, uh, affiliated with the league have been buying into esports organizations over the, over the years. Um, ES, um, let's see, some of the examples here. Uh, former LA Lakers player uh, Rick Fox owns a Le- League of Legends team. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal as an investor in NRG Sports. NBA legend Magic Johnson uh, holds a majority stake in esports organization Team Liquid, along a couple of other people, uh, both of own NBA teams as well. And the 76ers, <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this earlier before, but they bought uh, a couple of <laughs> esports teams as well. So uh, the NBA, uh, both with teams and players, are already uh, growing, growing more familiar with esports in general. So this is pretty interesting. I thought this was actually pretty cool. Hmm. It's a really great approach, I think. Yeah. The only thing is that I I assumed that there was already an E-League for uh, NBA 2K for the longest time, but I guess I was mistaken. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know what the e- eSports uh, climate around 2K specifically is. <laughs> um, but I, I know it's a pretty popular game, uh, like on Twitch, uh, you know, just to watch either people, like, either just kind of goof around and play by themselves or, or for, like, you know, pro-level gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh like I know it's pretty popular for that. Um, so, but for for the NBA to come in with a very official and very like NBA approach, where it's like you know with the regular season and playoffs and whatnot, uh, and you know playing five on five with with <laughs> with people with you know not just like you know one on one or whatever, where it's like oh you control the whole team by yourself. Um, five on five, it's like oh I'll be playing center uh, for this whole game. It's like that's really cool. I think. Mm, I think so too. Uh- I've said this before from I'm not really a sports game guy, but from the second I picked up NBA 2K, you know, it's hard not to like that game. Literally so much effort goes into that game. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. And the NBA, too, has been really smart over the last few years. Um, It just kind of getting people interested in in the sport in a way that, you know, other sports just kind of haven't been very able to do. Like, you know, obviously the NFL is still the most popular league. Uh here in, in in america but by and large like <laughs> like as much as people love football people hate the nfl itself um either because roger goodell is a giant shithead or because like the rules just are generally built around making sure that everything conforms to a really rigid fucking thing where it's like oh you can only wear a uniform this way you can't do this after you score or fucking get a first you can't celebrate in any way like it's just so rigid and not fun <laughs> yeah. uh like and they're constantly monitoring they're like like, oh, please don't share gifts or videos on Twitter unless we do it. <laughs> it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, guys. Do you want people to be interested in this thing or not? <laughs> Whereas the NBA has been very, very good about like, oh, yeah, like we'll put our shit up on YouTube. Uh, if if you if people other people put their shit up on YouTube, like we don't immediately take it down. 
uh, you know, Adam Silver, like he recently took like the commissioner who we quoted earlier, uh, like he only just barely took over the NBA a couple years ago, but he's been doing a pretty good job, I think, uh, of, you know, expanding the NBA's reach in different communities and over the world. So, like, the NBA has been very progressive in terms of just, like, getting their shit in front of people without, <laughs> you know, fucking punishing them for, for enjoying and sharing the thing, uh, sharing the sport, you know? Uh, like, as much as I love, like, baseball is still my favorite sport, uh, but, like, and the MLB has been pretty, kind of pretty good about certain things as well, but, like, they're still kind of progressive. In a lot of ways, like MLB fucking TV or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, like pay 200 bucks to watch every game. It's like, cool, except for your own team. It's like, <laughs> if you live in that city, it's like, well, what the fuck's the point? <laughs> if I get, it's like, why would I pay 200 bucks to watch everyone else but not the Cubs? Because I live in Chicago? Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, yeah, so shit like that is, is what makes the M- or shit like this specifically uh, is what makes the NBA so cool. Um, yeah. Good on the NBA. Yeah, good on them. Agreed. All right. What else happened? Um, Overwatch, Malcolm, uh, our game of the year runner-up. Never uh, heard of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, runner-up in, in terms of our uh, our tournament bracket. Um, now has over 25 million players, according to Blizzard, Woo. which is up 5 million from October uh, when they celebrated the game having 20 million. Um, like, I don't know if that's concurrent players, if 20 million people are actively playing or if it's just... 20 million people have logged in to check it out uh, one way or another, but still a lot of people. Still a lot of, still a lot there. Big yeah, number. It is, definitely. And uh, yeah, it sounds, from what everyone has been saying, it's a well-deserved number, too. It's a hell of a game. Like, like while it didn't, it got runner-up in our tournament, and it actually won in quite a few other people's uh, Game of the Year tourney, so that's not a surprise at all. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's a knock on the game recently, Malcolm, it's that um, one of the developers, uh, the game's directors, specifically Jeff Ka- Kaplan, uh, wrote on Battle.net uh, saying that he wants to make sure that mouse and keyboard support uh, is kind of phased out of the console version of those games. Obviously, the PC version, that's kind of the only way to go. Uh, but he doesn't want mouse and keyboard support uh, like on the PS4 and the Xbox One version of the games, uh, which, you know, at face value kind of makes sense because... It's like, yeah, it's like, obviously, if you're playing with a mouse and keyboard against someone with a gamepad, uh, chances are the, the mouse and keyboard folks are going to wipe the floor with the gamepad folks. Uh, but in terms of, uh, you know, the console gaming space, the only problem with that is that, uh, according to some folks uh, with disabilities, uh, like that mouse and keyboard support is kind of vital for them to be able to play the game at all. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's the whole report here on, on Polygon as well, where it's like, like yeah, um, like people, you know, with disabilities do kind of like buy different adapters and different uh, different kind of like, uh, I guess, controller uh, controllers and different inputs that kind of allows them to play the game uh, with their friends, you know, um, to be able to play it all. And, you know, it takes, you know, an elaborate kind of like key, mouse and keyboard setup. And for like, and obviously this game is very popular with a lot of people, uh, as we just said. 25 million strong um mm. and apparently mouse and keyboard support is kind of vital for them to, for a not insig- a not insignificant uh portion of the player base to be able to play it all uh so hopefully hopefully uh they kind of uh maybe they kind of ease off of the the, the straight up we don't want mouse and keyboard folks on, on console uh because that would be shutting the door on a lot of people that rely on that support to play almost definitely yeah all right what else happened this week uh let's see here we've got uh (laughs) um a series of games that's that has been 
so far known for being delayed, is getting delayed again, Malcolm. Uh, South Park, The Fractured Butthole, God damn it. has been delayed yet again. Uh, the game was originally announced or uh, with a release date for December 6th. Obviously, that did not happen. Being pushed into, uh, I believe they just said spring originally, uh, when they delayed it that first time. Uh, and now uh, Ubisoft, during their first quarter, or during their uh, during their uh, investor fiscal thing, whatever, <laughs> um, they they announced that the game will be pushed into the next fiscal year. Uh, now, of course, as we've kind of said over the last couple over a couple of these news stories, uh, the fiscal year, uh, like the current fiscal year, doesn't didn't end. You know, in December uh, of 2016, that the fiscal year ends. March 31st, 2017. Um, so them pushing it into the next fiscal year could just be a matter of weeks because uh, the fiscal year starts, like I said, April 1st uh, through April 28, 2018. Uh, so it could mean anything. It could be like, oh, yeah, it's just going to be a couple of weeks. It'll be out in April instead or May or something. Uh, or it could be a big thing where it's like, eh, we might have to push this into next Christmas. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, the South Park games so far, or at least these last couple of ones, not great with uh, with keeping to to the development schedule because I don't know if you remember the original game Malcolm the Stick of Truth uh, that game sure certainly had some turbulent uh, waters to to go through yeah and you know the whole thing with THQ didn't help either but... no it's not like that game originally was supposed to come out uh, in 2012 uh, then THQ pushed it into 2013. Uh, and then THQ pushed itself off a cliff, <laughs> uh, kind of forcing uh, Ubisoft to kind of pick up the pieces. Uh, uh, and that game was supposed to come out originally in December 13, uh, 2013. Uh, but then that got pushed back, too, uh, before it got released in March of 2014. Um, so I guess not, not nothing new for, you know, for these South Park games. Uh, but disappointing. Oh, yeah. And uh, I... I... I think there was even a time where it just looked like we weren't going to get that game, period. Like, I, I think, like, the creators even said something to the measure of, like, yeah, I guess we're not meant to do video games. Oh, well. And, like, they were already making plans before yeah. things turned around. You know, yeah, kind of seeing the way it played out, you know, as, as THQ was auction off, auctioning off, you know, its assets. Um, yeah, like, it seemed like South Park wasn't going to get picked up by anybody. And then it finally did by Ubisoft. But it took so long that it makes me wonder. Like I, like I, they probably picked up for a song at that point, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and uh, another thing that doesn't help uh, production at all. But if you've seen like any documentary on uh, Mark and uh, Trey or Matt and Trey, excuse me, they're, they're gigantic perfectionists when it comes to the South Park. And... Yeah, which is weird. <laughs> I mean, and which is ironic too, because you know, like the nature of the show is that they can push out a. <laughs> an episode within a couple of weeks uh which is funny to think about because like oh these games take literal years <laughs> oh my god that's but you know there and it, it greatly helps the quality of the show overall as you know the show's still going after all this time and the stick of truth was actually really well acclaimed as far as a it actually helped uh, helped uh, South Park come to video games uh, like to a point where some people call it like an official season just that video game by itself so the the game is going to be good when it comes out. I really do believe that. However, at the same time, I'm really not disappointed by this delay. Only because, like, we were talking, we talked about it in our uh, special preview for 2017. There's so many games coming out around the point it was supposed to come out. It was, it was getting to a point where 
I was considering should I buy it at launch or not. But if it comes out next year, you know, that helps things out tremendously. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think another thing that to consider in terms of like why this is suddenly being so hard to get out the door um, is that I was, another thing, too, is that, you know, Obsidian Entertainment did the original, you know, they did the Stick of Truth um, and they're not involved with this game. Actually, it's gonna be it's coming out of Ubisoft San Francisco studio, uh, like, and I'm sure obviously they'll be using a lot of technology that that you know Obsidian developed for for the original game. But you know, switching gears to another developer isn't something to take lightly either, uh, even if you're using tools that have already been developed. You know. Mm. Oh yeah, but you know, time will tell. Like, if I was them, I would wait till 2018. Honestly, you think you should push it all year? Push it a whole year, just like it, it like. We already we have already said like 2017 feels really stacked already, and we're like two months in, <laughs> and so it's like you know what let's, let's call it a mulligan. I mean, it's not like people expect us to produce this in a timely fashion anyway. Let's just <laughs> let's go January. Fuck it, yeah. You because know, I believe you said this, but the the current slate is like between April and March of 2018 for the release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's some, there are actually some people going off like oh it could just come in april you don't know like no i think we know I mean, just, uh, well, what do you think joe uh i don't know i don't know if pushing it a whole like actual year was gonna be in their best interest but yeah like i don't know i feel like a summer release would be would serve this game pretty well mm, all right so what else happened? What else happened while we were gone? Uh, we got some injustice two news here, as uh, as, one uh, yesterday too. Yeah, yeah as NetherRealm Studios uh, has confirmed a couple new fighters for the game, uh, Black Canary being one of them. And uh, she looked. Did you see the trailers for either of these? No, Malcolm. You know I did not. <laughs> you, um, well, Black Canary looked really good. She, of course, has the Sonic scream, which she's synonymous for, but. Uh, and something I don't know, you know, too many uh, laymen with uh, comic books know, but she is actually quite the significant fighter in the DC universe. She's yeah. like all of like uh, her moves are all very, you know, she's very martial arts focused as well as MMA as there's quite a few ho- times she would like the, you know, the opponent would try to strike her and she would grab the arm and like like Del Rio rolling down to an arm bar to like crack his bone or something like that. And uh, it's very combo heavy with her. So, and so the whole, her being one of the best fighters in the game, uh, it came off really good. I did hear some people compare how she moves to so- how Sonya did in Mortal Kombat X, uh-huh. where it was a lot of jumping and throwing and uh, martial artsy stuff. But, you know, I thought she came out really good. So I, I dug her. And, Second character, um, a a heavy fa- fa- uh, fan request from the original game that never, never ended up materializing, but confirmed for Injustice Two is is the Swamp Thing, Malcolm. Yeah, you know, I okay. This is going to show my age, but I remember watching the original Swamp <laughs> Thing movie, Jesus, <laughs> which was followed up by Return of Swamp Thing with Heather Lock- Locklear. <laughs> Good Lord, man. And years after that, being shocked to find out he's a DC character. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> man! Not even knowing that so many great comics had already been out for for Swamp Thing, but but hey, we've got West Craven joined uh, uh, to a point where in the Rebirth he pretty much kicks Superman's ass. <laughs> he's, so he's a pretty significant figure in the DC universe, <laughs> and this is actually 
at least in like media aside from comic books, of course, where we actually get to see Swamp Thing uh, interacting with other characters. Granted, it's to beat the shit out of him, but it's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Swamp Thing isn't usually a character that tends to interact in, tr- in a lot of crossovers. Like, there's some minor crossover sometimes. Uh, like, Superman has appeared in some of the recent books a few years ago. Um, probably the biggest crossover recently, though, I think, was with Animal Man, uh, which was excellent, by the way. Like, mm. that, like that crossover with Animal Man. Um, man, those, man, that was good stuff. Um, of course, most famous, perhaps, for, for uh, Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing. I don't know if you've ever read those comics, Malcolm, but... Oh, I have not. Oh, my, my is, goodness. Is Animal Man like uh, that Rob Schneider movie where he was like in an accident and he was rebuilt with animal parts and he maintains the abilities of all Malcolm, <laughs> I know you're making a funny here, but that might have been the worst thing you've ever said. So. No, it's not Rob Schneider's thing. <laughs> I, I, made, I built you with animal parts. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Rob Schneider My... is a stapler, but anyway. No, no, that's not it at all. Uh, <laughs> but Swamp Thing, um, Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing, uh, iconic, important, like one of the best books uh, ever written uh, in comic space. Just really tremendous stuff. Because um, when he inherited uh, Swamp Thing, it was kind of like this little, kind of this slightly goofy thing. Uh, but yeah, like as soon as he took it over, like immediately, it's like holy shit, this is like next level shit. Um, kind of suppressing even what like the creators of something uh, did, uh, which is pretty pretty substantial considering that it was created by Len Wein, uh, being one of the creators uh, of something, and Len Wein also creating you know Wolverine. Uh, yeah, that's those are some pretty big shoes to not only fill but surpass. Like that's pretty fucking good. Um, yeah, so if you haven't read Swamp Thing by Alan Moore, I encourage every single person uh, excited by this Swamp Thing news to check out. Even if you have read it before, go ahead and read it again. I think it's good. And uh, once I, I re- if you see any of these trailers, Joe, I definitely recommend checking out the Swamp Thing trailer, which opens up with Damon, Damian Wayne, who's grown up in th- this universe, uh, you know, doing the whole pre-battle talk with him. And he's like... Like, my father told me to kill you, and my grandfather told me to kill you, referring to Ra's al Ghul, which, you know, the correct response from Swamp Thing should have been just sheer laughter at that point. But I mean, <laughs> as much as I love Damian Wayne, no, he's not taking out Swamp Thing. Get the fuck out of here. But, <laughs> yeah. but a lot of his moveset is really unique as, you know, pretty much, you know, Swamp Thing is connected to the Earth, so he can actually clone himself or, like, grow another Swamp Thing that'll help him out. So, like, he'll be doing a combo and then knock knock the guy into another one of himself who will hold him as uh, the your Swamp Thing moves over and continues the combo and beats the shit out of him. He'll grow vines from the earth to grab people from midair and slam them into the ground. It's really interesting moves from this character who's... Swamp Thing is a bigger character, but he moves really quickly and... Could be a very potential key play, key fighter for a lot of people. I feel so. It yeah, a, I'll definitely have to check out something's video because yeah, like, like something thirty seconds, man. Come on, <laughs> because yeah, like something like you see him obviously in the comics, but you don't really like aside from those goofy movies in the show, uh, don't really see what he's actually capable of like in motion, uh, and with his connection to the green as it is uh, in in the comics, like yeah, like I, I it should be interesting to see how that plays into like a full 
full-on fighting uh, game. Um, yeah. And like I said, like Swamp Thing was like one of the most requested uh, characters when Injustice 1 came out. Like Ed, like the Polygon story here links to, to, to a poll that Ed Boon ran last year in June. Like, which character would you the most want to see in Injustice 2? The only character that beat him out uh, was Blue Beetle, <laughs> who was already confirmed for injustice too so they went ahead and got the two most requested characters uh out of last year's game into this one there's still one more character they need to get who i, I may need to check because i could have could have sworn red hood was num- number two as a uh, the most requested character maybe on the most recent one that they did but you know red hood better be on there is all i'm saying by the way i just said a... <laughs> it'll be booster gold booster i wouldn't mind booster gold actually <laughs> like we had to pick it was either booster gold or red hood and Buy a gum, we have to go with Booster Gold. Like, you remember that uh, one of my favorite episodes in the old Justice League, Un- it, it pains me to say old, but old Justice League Unlimited cartoons. <laughs> the You remember the greatest story never told with uh, Booster Gold? I uh, know. Oh, my God, you need to go see it. It's a great episode, but essentially it focuses around Booster Gold. And uh, the Justice League, you know, the major players are taking on this, like, insanely powerful villain whose power, he can basically can control matter and shit. I, I forget his name, but it was like, <laughs> it was actually a guy they only used for that episode, and that's all they used him for. But uh, while all the key fighters are being used for uh, for uh, fighting this guy, guys like Booster Gold and Elongated Man for a little bit are basically in charge of crowd control and you know booster's trying to get involved in the fight but you, you can't and you never really see the fight you see like like superman or wonder woman is like thrown to the side but then they leap back in the battle but you never actually see the fight at all <laughs> and uh booster gold is complaining like uh, like freaking i came from the future to freaking <laughs> do this stuff and they're having me do crowd control and listening to him and elongated man about being talked about not being used is actually pretty funny and it leads to this whole adventure with him that none of the other Justice League know about because they're too busy <laughs> handling with it. It's a good episode. All right. But yeah, Booster Gold is a funny character. Especially if you're gonna have Blue Beetle on there, you should have Booster Gold, absolutely. <laughs> Can only oh, imagine man. the pre fight talks between those two. <laughs> oh man. There's <laughs> there's a kid at work that I work with that like is like the biggest Blue Beetle fan I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like like, oh so you're the one. <laughs> Oh man, like that, like he's got like a blue beetle wallet, a blue beetle wallpaper on his phone. And it's like, man, really, blue beetle. <laughs> By the way, I just, in case Joe's wondering what the fuck I sent him, I text messaged him yeah. a picture of Doctor Arcane from the original Swamp Thing movie. Arcane, <laughs> make to give you an idea how far we've come with movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my. Like, feel free to use this for the picture for the episode, but it is like horrible. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Like that movie The Party the... City Mask. <laughs> it's like there's no like if you think CG ba- CG looks bad and you wonder why we use it, go check out Dr. Arcane's final <laughs> form from Swamp Thing and be like, "Okay, well, maybe I can live with it." <laughs> oh man. Oh my god, that movie. It did have Adrian Barbeau, so I appreciate it for that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> All right, but like, yeah, Swamp Thing, really cool. They need to get Red Hood, though, which, you know, there's still plenty of space for him to be because it's, like, mostly question marks at this point. Mm-hmm. I did have a fr- argument with a friend of the show, Matt, who actually 
help host the show with me a while ago because you know i was telling him oh they just released the announced trailer for uh swamp thing and he gets on my case the swamp thing was already announced i was like no he wasn't and he was like, <laughs> we knew about him forever okay that was a leak that wasn't an announcement <laughs> like it's not announced until the company comes out and says yeah here he is he's like because they can change his mind they can change their mind absolutely like I don't know if we're we're still gonna get Captain Cold, Killer Frost, and freaking Mister Freeze because that's sort of like three guys with what should be the same move set or close to it, you <laughs> think? But we'll see. Even though I love how they do Captain Cold and the new Flash TV series, but I digress. All right, all right. Uh, enough about this, Joe. What else happened since we've been gone? Uh, let's see here. Um, let's see. Uh, Bandai Namco announced that. They are developing Project Cars 2, uh, sequel to 2015's Project Cars, uh, which leading up to its release, I always thought was like a code name, but they went ahead and released it as Project Cars. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, well, yeah, that, the surprise reveal should have been it was Motorcycle. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'll say it again. Motorcycle games aren't usually very good. <laughs> um, yeah, but Project Cars 2, the game's official name, uh, will come with more than 60 tracks and 170 cars to race on. Um, let's see here. Uh, if, you're, <laughs> if you've got a very powerful PC, the game will run at 12K resolution, uh, which is three 4K monitors side by side. Um, but otherwise, you can also play it on your PS4. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, man. Um, yeah, weirdly, though, um, it was announced back last year, June 2015, as as a Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is, this is weird. Um, apparently, that was just an early concept and that the company later decided to finance the development itself before, before signing on with Bandai Namco. Um, yeah, and that's... By Polygon, for the total contributions from the crowdfunding participants, Slightly Mad Studios said that the backers had given around 200,000 pounds, which is approximately $250,000. Uh, so, yeah, weird that all of a sudden they went from Kickstarted to just a game that was being done by Bandai Namco. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, it'll be right. coming sometime in 2017. Are you excited, Joe? You're the car guy here. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I'll have to wait and see what, if anything, uh, he, Gran Turismo brings to the table when Gran Turismo Sport comes out. Uh, presumably sometime this year, but who knows? Um, yeah, like I, like the original game was, uh, something that I bought kind of in response to the lack of Gran Turismo on PS4. Um, uh, and like as good as they, the game was good, but like something about it was just completely fucking like lifeless, you know, like there was like, there wasn't, like, any soundtrack to it. Like, there wasn't any, like, licensed music or even, like, any original music playing underneath, like, any of the driving, uh, which is a really weird way to fucking play a driving game, I feel. <laughs> like, in complete silence, basically, aside from the sounds of the car. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about that game felt very clinical in a way that kind of made it seem very sterile and uninteresting. Uh, like, uh. the game the game itself was, was, was fine, like, from a driving standpoint, but just completely lifeless to the point where it's like, I don't... Like, there's no, like, there's no real, like, the career progression didn't make a whole lot of sense and just didn't really have you, give you much reason to come back to play more of it. So it's like, eh, I don't know. All right. Well, hopefully they get everything going better this time around. We'll, we'll yeah. see. Because Project Cards, that's a exclusive to uh, Microsoft, right? No, no. It came out on PS4. All right. Well, never <laughs> All right. What else happened while we've been gone? Uh, let's see. I don't know if you remember David Jaffe's game that he announced back at PlayStation Experience 2014, I want to say. 
Oh Jesus Christ! You got um, but but drawn to death like that. The, the very first PlayStation experience. Oh uh, okay okay. Yeah um yeah drawn to death. I don't know if you remember this game, Malcolm. It, it, I believe it's a multiplayer shooter where all the graphics are seem to be drawn on like notebook paper or whatever it is and like pen and pencil. Do you remember this at all, Malcolm? Uh, ages ago. Yeah, the I know what you're talking about. I'll have to rewatch and remember. But yeah, it looked like a video game that was basically just like animated as it went it, yeah it looked, it looked pretty interesting yeah well we've we've learned here malcolm that the game will be launching on april 4th uh for the paltry sum of 20 dollars, 19.99 mm. um yeah i don't know like i feel like this game has like zero heat behind it though <laughs> 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 because like they announced it all that time ago and i've seen like nothing of it since then and suddenly it's coming out in like six or seven weeks for 20 bucks it's like oh okay oh my god <laughs> All right, well, hope, I agree with you completely as far as, you know, like, the time to strike, it's been two years, like, whatever we we saw has cooled off, whatever feeling we felt that we saw when the trailer came out has pretty much died, so. Yeah, and you know what else comes out April 4th, Malcolm? Persona. Yeah. No oh. that's, game. <laughs> that's not a game you want to go up against, goddamn. Yeah, it's like, okay, like, hey, this game has, like, no heat behind it. Like, I think there was a beta a while ago, but I didn't hear anybody talk about it because I'm on this, like, I'm on this freaking PlayStation blog post about the release date, and the only reason I remember there's a beta is that people were talk- are talking about it in the comments uh, of this article. Um, but, man, eesh, okay. Oh, goddamn. All right. Man, what was the last thing David Jaffe did? That was it's fun. Been, it's been a while. Like, I remember Calling All Cars was David Jaffe, uh, and I enjoyed that game a little bit, but it's like, man, is that the last thing he even made? That might be. I, I'd have to look it up. Man, like, David Jaffe, man, what the fuck? Can someone check out David Jaffe? David Jaffe, yeah, someone please. <laughs> Are you okay, dude? I think it was, oh, no, it was Twisted Metal, I think, the PS3 one. Oh, yeah, I guess <laughs> Twisted Metal Black. <laughs> no, Twisted Metal on PS3, remember? Well, yeah, I, I I was saying that's the latest one. Oh, okay, no, it is. Oh. Twisted Metal Black came out in two thousand one. What was? All right, nope. yeah, it was it's just like Twisted Metal. They rebooted it on PS three. Um, oh, did he make God of? Yeah, he made God of War too. Yeah, but he only made. I mean, he was the director on the first two games. He was the game director on the first one, the creative director on two. Uh, but those are the only two games that he worked on. Oh, he made Mickey Mania on Genesis. I love that game actually. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Cars was 2007. He was involved with God of War 2 in the same year. Then Twisted Metal was in 2012. And that's been it, really, since then. God damn. Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah, basically, I mean, to be to be realistic here, God of War 1 and 2 are the last thing he, he did that were of any real significance. And that was 10 years ago at the earliest. So fuck, man. Mm. Get it together, Jaffe. God damn. All right. Uh, well, on that happy note, what else happened? <laughs> oh, man, I probably should lump this in with the NBA 2K news, but NBA Live from EA Sports is being pushed back to fall 2017. God damn it. Uh, I don't know, I don't know if, if you remember the last time we did a regular show, Malcolm. Um, I talked about the possibility of NBA Live uh, coming out kind of as a staggered release sometime soon this year, uh, like in the middle of the NBA season. But I guess they'll be pushing it back to the next year uh nba cycle um on top of that they also announced that ufc 3 is coming soon uh 
from EA Sports as well. Uh, I'm not sure how well UFC 2 did, um, but I guess it's just well enough for them to push out a, a sequel to that. So far, it's sort of got the Madden curse on it. Like, <laughs> everyone they put on the cover usually does pretty poorly. Like, yeah. I believe like, they, they had uh, John Jones and uh, Gustafsson after they had that amazing fight together. Hmm. And after since then, Gustafsson has fallen off the face of the earth and has pretty much f- lost all his fights since then. And John Jones, of course, pretty famously ran over hit a pregnant woman with his car and ran away from the scene of the crime while high. Oh, hey. And uh, in UFC 2, they had what many people would have considered a safe bet. (laughs) Yeah, that seemed pretty bulletproof. Yeah, with Ronda Rousey (laughs) and Conor McGregor. Uh, (laughs) After being put on the cover, Ronda Rousey lost that fight to Holly Holm. Yeah, and that was like the week before it came out, right? Yep, yep. It was right before the game actually came out, like the week of. Week of, it was, it was just before. And she got destroyed by Holly Holm, who has since then lost, Holly Holm has lost every fight she's been in, which really makes her look bad. And on top of that, Ronda vanished off to the face of the earth and then came back to get her ass kicked by Amanda Muniz in that title yeah. fight. And on top of that, the very next fight that Conor McGregor had, now granted, he's come back pretty nicely, but he got destroyed by Nate Diaz. <laughs> that, and that, you know, and thankfully he came back and he won the rematch and then went on to win two titles, which are now in the process of being stripped from him by UFC because, you know, I guess they don't want to have any marquee guys on the company, but. my god it's like it's been pretty it's it's not good being on the cover of the game is my point yeah man um maybe i should just put dana white on the cover there you go (laughs) (laughs) maybe something will happen to him he loses all four billion dollars oh jeez. oh god did you hear about uh, the last ufc card uh no because i don't follow the ufc yeah it was in the barclay center and uh pretty much Every fight went to a decision, which is really is as boring as you think it is for normal fans too. And uh, <laughs> New York doesn't have that much experience judging fights, so like Anderson Silva won, even though he got his ass kicked for five rounds. It was like considered like the biggest cr- like the cr- the crowd chance bullshit. And uh, in the title fight between uh, two of the women, including Holly Holm. Holly Holm lost, despite her being dominant in at least three of the three of the rounds, and this woman kept attacking her after the bell, including one one time where she nearly knocked Holly Holm out during the bell, which should have been should have she should have got a points deducted for just simply for that, but they gave it unanimous unanimously to the cheater, so that was it was just uh, it was a bad night. <laughs> <laughs> Like, even Dana White afterwards saying this fight was bullshit afterwards. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so moving on, what else happened? That's actually all I got. All right, I got to be. Which I say, uh, I guess I throw around lightly because it's already, this is already a three-hour show. But go on, Mike. <laughs> all right, so I already mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Castlevania is getting a Netflix series that they just quietly announced one day. I was like, oh, by the way, we're making a Castlevania series. <laughs> Uh, not too much details are out, but they did say it would be kind of uh, Game of Thrones-esque, and it would sure. go for a, an R rating. So I mean, I would hope so. 
There has to be at least one scene of a guy trying to jump to to like a, another floor, but as he's about to reach it, uh, Medusa head hits him and knocks him into a pit to kill him. <laughs> that has to happen at least once for me to take this seriously. Well, I'm just glad Konami's doing anything at all with Castlevania. Because <laughs> well, I guess anything that reminds of... them. Yeah, just remind them that they at one point made video games. Well, they have done something with Castlevania. I don't know if you heard, Joe, but they made a heck of a pachinko game for it. Yep. Anything at all that reminds them that they made video games. Oh, God. Uh, by the way, that's real. There is actually a Castlevania <laughs> pachinko machine, and it's basically focused. If you get a high score, you get to see a succubus lose clothing. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. But anyway. Uh, that's one. Uh, another one I'm just going to try to go... Th- There's two stories that we'll probably... Two or three stories that we'll probably talk about. But, but uh, that's one. Uh, I'll try to go through as much as possible. Uh, another one is kind of a reminder to people. Because the second batch of DLC for Resident Evil 7 is coming out, is out today. So that'll be dropping later today. Because in the, the story we did earlier, like every time we talk about it, it's like... is coming out that day the first batch came out a few weeks ago but they announced that the next batch would be out on february 14th which is today by the way happy valentine's day (laughs) so that's that's another thing um joe have you noticed that your ps4 has become a little laggy yeah it's real shitty yeah uh which i've noticed it especially when i'm trying to watch netflix like it'll be like a feels like a five to 10 second pause and to a point where I wondered, did I actually hit the button? But uh, <laughs> like even, like even just loading up the menu for like the video apps or whatever, like it used to just be like, like, you know, you how you can create folders now for like whatever you want. Um, like before it was kind of like, it was the only like menu, like it was the only folder that existed like on your PS4 for forever. You know, it was like, Oh, your video apps are under here or whatever. And you would go there and, they would all just be there. But now, like, you hover over the TV video services thing, and it takes, like, 10 seconds for it to load up the apps for whatever reason. It's like, what the fuck happened here? Um, and on top of that, like, you can't close like you can't close the application from the home menu anymore uh, like you were able to before, like you do with any game or application before. You know, you, you'd go to the home menu, press options, like, close application. You do that with the video apps now. The only option is delete. It's like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> oh, that's another... Going back to the earlier story about the beta for the uh, firmware update, another thing I've noticed is I can't close an app anymore. Like uh, usually when I'm when I have a lot of apps open, I'll close one just for it to or to restart it. But there's no longer an option to close an app anymore. Mm, right. Which is interesting, but you know, I digress. Well, I mean, the only way you can do it now is by holding the PS button down to, and it'll say close application. It'll give you the two options or whatever. But yeah, it's really weird i'm not really a huge fan of it so far um yeah but anyway a uh will and we'll let you know as soon as uh some sort of fix is announced but uh, i'm i was very surprised to see that kotaku article show up saying like no this is a thing so like, <laughs> okay okay jesus christ um some good news for best buy and maybe joe oh? but apparently uh <laughs> Got a full time position. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, but apparently, GameStop oh. is full of liars. Weird. <laughs> um, the story has bro- broken as uh, quite a few GameStop employees have come forward. As apparently, uh, they it revol- The story revolves around this program that GameStop has, 
that they call the circle of life, which uh, there's quotas for the four main pillars of GameStop, which are pre-orders, rewards, card subscriptions, used game sales, and game trade-ins. Right. But, well, I mean, the trade-ins and, and the used games, I think, kind of tie into each other, but... Hey, it's not my circle of life program. Right. Okay? I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I would, I would say that that part is, like, number one with the bullet, is the trade-in slash used game business. Mm-hmm. And to a point where they're getting to a point where, or where a lot of them are saying that uh, if there's, if there's, if the new game is in the back, they will deny, pe- they will tell people, no, it's not in the back. Like most notably, they had Watch Dogs 2 on sale for twenty nine ninety nine, but they want you to get buy it used because that's all profit for them. So they, they, quite a few have stepped forward saying, yeah, we tell customers that we're sold out of it to, in hopes that they'll just buy it used. Which man, I that is shitty as fuck. It is. It's that so, is so shitty. And it, it's not like it was like one person. Like there's quite a few uh, different different news outlets with multiple sources, and all of them are saying that. Which really sucks because I was just getting the GameStop when uh, I traded in my Wii U to and got like most of my stuff paid. But now. No, it's like fuck. Like a lot of them are even saying like, uh, if you pre-order the game, we'll, and if we sell a, if we sell a certain amount at a certain time, we'll just tell them we're sold out again, hoping they'll buy you. Like fuck you, goddamn it! I pre-ordered it. Yeah, it's like man, what the fuck? It's like people like obviously there's a market for used games, you know. Like even if it's just five dollars off, but like a brand new game or whatever, mm. or ten bucks or whatever the fuck it is, like. All right, it's like yeah, it's like obviously it's not a huge savings or whatever, but like like those savings add up for a lot of people. Like that's how they buy the game. That's fine, but it's like to be like, oh yeah, like we're just gonna pretend that we don't have new copies, so that you you think about buying the used copy that we have a bigger margin on, like that the margins are bigger on. It's like man, that is shitty. Fuck, like that is some shit that like like that is some like can we get the FTC up in this bitch? <laughs> like so that people aren't trained to to fucking sell games this way. Like because that's. Like, that's something that would come from, like, if not the corporate level, at the very least, like, the fucking, like, management level, like, within the store. Um, so it's like, yeah, man, like, that is just a, like, like obviously, like, obviously, like, they're they're very transparent about what their business model is. Like, like I, I don't know how many billions of dollars that they make, but it's in the billion dollar range, uh, like, how much money they make every year off of uh, used game sales. And, like, that's obviously the biggest part of their business like fine whatever but it's like you can't just tell people that you you can't offer one thing and pretend you don't have it just so that you can sell like more of like the higher margin thing like that's 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 that seems like extremely fucking legally dubious uh like on top of being like undoubtedly shitty like that seems legally dubious as well like i can't imagine that being (laughs) something that would hold up uh in any kind of legal standpoint like that man what the fuck Uh, like, I don't even shop at GameStop, and that makes me mad. I, I know. And, you know, I joke that this is great for Joe and whatnot, because, you know, after this, I don't know if I'm how often I'm going to go back to GameStop again. I mean, granted, if you guys have a GameStop where you know the guys, then good for you, because, uh <laughs> I, I almost wanted to test them. Like, if that sale was still going, asking them, hey, do you have any uh, Watch Dogs 2 and seeing what they do, but... Uh, I didn't get a chance to, but it, it is, it, it's shit. It's like, God, you don't want to go into a store and wondering if they're telling you the truth, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, on what, like, I mean, speaking from my experience as, as, as a store employee, like, like it's like you, like some customers come in like, Oh, like you're like, I'll tell them something's out of stock or something. Like, 
like, yeah, but on the website it said that it's available for pickup. It's like, it's like, yeah, but like, when did you actually check that? It's like, oh, about an hour ago. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, it's very possible someone came and bought the last one. Or sometimes, like, our stock counts are off uh, and we don't actually have the thing that our system says that we do. Like, that happens pretty frequently, you know? Um, so it's unfortunately this isn't something that you can really test. I think with any sort of reliability, you can't go like on GameStop.com and say, "Oh, it's available for pickup," and say, "Oh, like this thing said, you should have it." Because like I've been in that position where it's like, "Well, we don't actually have this thing that our website says that we do." What we do. Um, so like, unfortunately, I don't think there's a really reliable way to actually test that. Like that's something that again, like I said, would require like some kind of oversight, like some sort of like independent oversight to be like, "All right, like let's actually audit." your fucking stock counts or whatever and see what you actually have in stock versus what you say you have in stock. Uh, and that would, that seems like it would be a very cost and time intensive process. Mm. Uh, so I don't, yeah, unfortunately I don't, I don't know what we can actually do to what people can actually do to, to, to kind of keep GameStop honest. Um, uh, unfortunately, but yeah, this sucks. I hate this. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good. You know where they don't do that, Joe? Where? Best Buy. I mean, yeah, I guess not because <laughs> these games, like, I mean, yeah, used games are a huge part of our business from, from what I gathered. Like, we take in trade-ins on games and a whole bunch, like, a whole bunch of stuff. But, yeah, like, we, yeah, weirdly used, like, used products just aren't, aren't a huge part of Best Buy's business from what I gathered. Like, even though we take trade-ins on a bunch of shit. Mm. Um, like, we sell pre-owned games for sure, but, like, it, like, it is, like, it is, like, two racks out of, like, 20 racks of games that we have at, like, at our store uh, that we have, like, for pre-owned games. So, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and finally, that was going to be my final sto- story until I saw this one while just looking around. Um, have you heard about what's going on with PewDiePie right now? <laughs> uh, I did see that. Um, I, I did see that. Like, I saw it last night. I wasn't sure whether or not to talk about it. But if you want to talk about it, I guess I can. Yeah, I mean, so the story is essentially uh, PewDiePie made a joke. Now, I, I will say I don't think he he believes this in the slightest. I think this is honestly just something he thought was stupid and would have been a funny joke, which unfortunately for him has backfired tremendously as he, it was basically a video from what I understand was making fun of this service called Fever, where there's like, Oh, people will post anything. So he actually got some guys on Fever to uh, hold up a sign, say, kill all Jews. Mm. And, uh, the backlash has been pretty considerable. Like for instance, and I didn't know this, but apparently he had backup from Disney or a Disney company called Maker. I think Disney bought like whatever media company he's affiliated with, affiliated with at some point. Yeah, yeah. Disney buys everything, so. <laughs> yeah, by the, by the end of this decade, four companies will own everything. <laughs> Pretty much, AT and T is in the process of buying Time Warner Entertainment. I know. <laughs> anyway, so upon this video coming out, which has since been deleted. Uh, Maker pretty much canceled their relationship with him. And uh, as of this morning at around 9 a.m., uh, YouTube, which had, for their premium service, had been running an exclusive show called Scare Pootie Pie, which mm-hmm. just wrapped up its first season and had been greenlit to go for a second season, announced that they are canceling the entire season and their premium ties with PewDiePie. Which is bad for me, because he's losing <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> like I said, I don't think he meant anything malicious by it. I just, <laughs> Well, perhaps, but what a fucking stupid thing to do. Yeah. Why would you, like, whether you believe it or not, it's like you, you want to broadcast on 
that. You want to broadcast something like that to something that literally millions and millions of people could, like potentially see. It's like I, it's like I get like whatever. It's like oh, you want to be edgy or whatever. It's like you really want to put a sign that says "kill all the Jews." Like what? Like what is the actual joke there? Like oh, you can broadcast anything. Let me do that. Fucking, uh, you can make that same point without putting something that awful <laughs> on fucking on your fucking video. And on top of that, like that's not the only video that was deleted. Like they de- like. They deleted. This came about because like the Wall Street Journal of all fucking things <laughs> went through like, like his like his like not even like his whole extensive like history like oh like like they didn't go through like all the videos he's ever done like this is only like videos of like the last couple months or so like but they <laughs> but they they made a little reel of like shit that he like awful shit like that that he's put on his channel within just the last couple of months it's like they ended up deleting like four or five videos from his thing it's like Jesus dude like you've been doing this much this recently with like of like on that kind of awful levels like really dude <laughs> mm. like it's not just that one video it's like they found like like four or five different videos that they ended up deleting because of that because they they quote-unquote joked uh in the same manner it's like oh yes i'm watching a hitler speech wearing a brown uniform it's like oh cool joke dude what is the actual joke here again <laughs> it's like did that actually happen yeah oh my god it's like what the fuck dude <laughs> it's like oh my god it's like you know what man it's like like yeah, sure. There's a place for like edgy fucking humor or whatever the fuck. It's like, but like maybe make an actual joke. <laughs> I, I, while I will argue the intent, I completely agree with you. Like there, especially in this the climate of this day and age, you you got to be careful, man. You can't. It's be... like it's like the <laughs> it's like there's. I feel like there's one surefire way, one surefire way to not get fucking fired from any job. <laughs> that you have uh with any company it's like don't accidentally so make yourself out to be a nazi sympathizer like that's the easiest rule to follow it's like okay how do i not get fired today don't wear a nazi uniform to work okay got it (laughs) i think i can manage that (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell it's like all right whatever man it's like if you like pewdiepie it's like whatever i'm not gonna fucking sit here and pretend that you say that you don't you're not allowed to like something that i don't but it's like at some point it's like fucking dude what the fuck is actually wrong with you uh, it, it's messed up, but uh, I, th- you know, I, I think Pootie is going to be okay. This is going to hurt him a bit financially, but not a not enough that I think he's in any kind of trouble. Well, no, because like, yeah, he's got an absurd amount of like YouTube subscribers, like over fifty million. Uh, last I checked. Um, the thing is, though, like on top of like them canceling his his YouTube Red show or whatever, like they also took him off of like the super top tier. Uh, of like YouTube advertising as well, like so, like he'll still be able to monetize his videos the way like anybody can on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, but they're but he won't be making like like they they took him out of like their elite level like advertising program that that is reserved for only like the most popular uh, channels uh, on YouTube. So like so like yeah, obviously he's already made an absurd amount of money, um, so he'll be fine regardless of what happens here. But it's like. Yeah, it's th- not it's not an insignificant hit that he's taken. Like, he was at a point where he was making like several million a month on just YouTube revenue alone. So hopefully yeah, I forget, he's Yeah, I forget what year it was where he made like forty million dollars in a year. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hopefully he's been saving. If he's in Sweden, he's got a good bank for it, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, you gotta be careful because even though <laughs> you're he's technically his own business, you've got sponsors and they're an essential yeah. loss too. But yeah. It's like, it's like people, like, it's like, yes, like, obviously, like, there's a whole, like, there's something we said, like, obviously, like, <laughs> like, there's a whole, like, outrage culture out there. It's like, yeah, that people are, like, are super quick to 
to jump on stuff. It's like, all right, obviously, like people are allowed to be offended by stuff. And but like, obviously, like, I'm not going to pretend people don't go a little too far about being like mad about every single thing that that some people put out. But like, dude, what the fuck actual defense can you have for a dude being like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if some people held up a sign that said kill all the Jews? Like, no, <laughs> like, what's the actual joke there? Oh, like, but- you just you just seem like. Someone who actually wants to fucking kill all the Jews. Oh, by the way, the three men that did the joke with him, uh, Fever, jo- you know, banned them, each one. And uh, PewDiePie has tried to, like, get him back on. And their claim is they didn't know what the signs said because they were from India. Yeah. Which, 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 even like, if that's true, like, doesn't that make it, like, sh- doesn't that just add another degree of shittiness? It's like, oh, like. What does this say? Hold it up. Uh, I guess. Sure. What's it say? <laughs> Did you find out? It's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I, on the same side, you know, like, one, we don't know how much they're... If they were given a million dollars to do that, I would do it. Fucking... <laughs> really? But, you would hold that up? Okay. Well, if I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> and two, I, I think they did, to be fr- to frank. Like, how do they do business with Pootie Pie and not speak a lick of english you know what i mean come on uh, but but at the same time it's stupid it's like hopefully i want to say hopefully he learns from it but uh, at the same time i don't think he'll he'll i don't think he'll be hurt that much like instead of four million he makes a million a month so it's yeah i mean because there's always gonna be like that counter push as well where it's like oh like like i'm gonna double down my support for pootie pie and <laughs> his right to say terrible terrible things mm-hmm. at any given point it's like all right whatever but man, like it's like if your company gets bought out by Disney, like even if you didn't start out working for, for Disney, like if he was working for that media company before they were bought out, like obviously uh, they buy him out. It's like at some point you got to like either you have to like evaluate your fucking work environment, right? It's like it's like if you if you want to make these kinds of videos, like that's your fucking prerogative, right? But like maybe look around and say, oh, my company's owned by Disney now. Maybe I should do something about that first <laughs> before. Uh, putting the, this out the company that monetized happiness and you think you do a video where you hold up a sign or somebody you make someone hold up a sign <laughs> that says that i mean come on <laughs> yeah and even some people were like oh well walter walt disney was a giant anti-semite it's like well that's true but on the other hand walt disney's fucking dead and in the ground and has been dead for decades so maybe not good not a solid argument for that and it was a different time back then like, also at that point you're like oh this anti-semitism is okay because that guy who founded the company is an anti-semite it's like do you want the anti-semitism <laughs> <laughs> what's 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 your argument here yeah i mean uh you know, God damn it's it. fucking dumb and terrible all around it like, was man. yeah all right well on that note <laughs> we're done with the news here and uh <laughs> we've played a few games so, without any further ado, let's chat about what we've done. Alright, so, much like Joe, I have quite the backlog of games, because too many games came out and I wanted them all, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I still have Gravity Rush 2 and Yakuza 0 to play through, which I do intend to do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I we... have to forget the word. We have to for... Someone has to figure out a way where people can play several games at the same time. Oh, God. Because that would help me out tremendously. If only F5 was Swamp Thing, because I could clone myself then, and then I could just play multiple <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah, but you'd still only have the one brain to, to, to take in information from one source. Is that right? Well, like, your, your one body, like, you would have the multiple bodies playing, but, like, you'd only have the one brain to take it all in. Oh, bloody hell. All right. <laughs> well, that defeats that, then. 
So <laughs> you would have to focus one brain on one game. Still. So one game that I did play in full is Resident Evil Seven, which I'll get into in a second. But uh, on the seventh, I picked up a game called Neo, which is a PlayStation exclusive. Which you know, at first, a lot of us, I feel, and you know what, to a certain extent, me included, just wrote this off as like, ah, it's going to be a Dark Souls clone, and just left it at that. It's going to be like Lords of the Fallen two, da da da. <laughs> but man, <Nope>. was. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joe's like, I'm just not going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hearing about this game uh, from other people, from, like, from everyone, really, um, seems a little bit more dynamic than something like just a straight up, like, you know, like a Dark Souls clone, but a samurai. Like, like, Jesus Christ, yes. Like, but the first, like, I picked it up because uh, when I got that massive trade-in credit for, like, all those, D- for the DS and the wii u that was one of the games that i reserved and paid off and you know i i went back to work because i'm i actually work right next to the GameStop. and then on my lunch break i start reading reviews and i'm seeing 9.6 9s 9.1s it's like all really high reviews for this game like jim sterling went absolutely batshit crazy over this game and how good it was and i was like oh holy fucking shit yeah it's, and it's hard to get jim sterling excited about video games because that dude can lay into some games real <laughs> that guy can be real mean about games sometimes. oh god yeah a lot of times i feel he's justified but yeah he can be <laughs> he can be hard <laughs> to impress but yeah so finally i get the time i sit i load up the game and i get it started and oh man and uh th- this game it definitely gets inspirations from a few games like it's team ninja and uh i don't know if you've played a ninja G- gaiden game ever but they really loved that old school japanese stuff no and yeah it, i played the original well not the original ninja gaiden not the, i mean i played the nes one but like the original team ninja one yeah it's like, all is hard as shit by the way <laughs> yeah but yeah it's like this game, if I was to make a recipe for it, it's like one part or Ninja Gaiden, one part, of course, of Dark Souls or any soul, every Souls game ever. One part or like a dash of Onimusha. That's to help <laughs> uh, thicken the broth, you see. And uh, <laughs> here's the secret ingredient that no one saw coming. And I'll explain more in a bit. One part Diablo 3, <laughs> which uh, I'll get into, but like right off the bat, like some things that maybe 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 this will entice you to give it a try maybe it won't but like right off the bat there's a plot with this game like it's not like dark souls where you're just there and you have <laughs> to figure out what the fuck's going on if not well kill kill all the boss bosses and eventually you beat the game yeah the story is there but only as much as you want it to be exactly with this no the, there's cut scenes there's voice dialogue there's interactions there's a sinister sorcerer that's uh, that you're trying to stop. It's like there's a story, and uh, there are also very interesting characters that you engage with. So it's like right off the bat, that alone, it's like completely different from Dark Souls because <laughs> the characters that you know that like you could miss characters, but in this, you know, no. Uh, two combat is way different. Like with Dark Soul with Souls. And this is going to sound like I'm bashing souls in the comparison, but I'm trying to make the point that it's different. Because once again, you know, like, I obviously I love Dark Souls. Dark Souls 3, deservedly in my opinion, made it to the semifinals, and I've been a big believer in the Souls game. I'm just trying to contrast and compare here. But Souls game, typically you're with a sword and a shield. You block with a shield until finally you get, like, that opening. You slash... And then you re- go back to step one. 
is essentially combat. Like, I'm sure quite a bit few pros are like, oh, you could roll behind him. Like, <laughs> all right, whatever. But you you get the, that's the basic gist of it. Not in Neo. Neo, and this is where the Ninja Gaiden kicks in. Like, you've got like four major archetypes for weapons. You got your katanas. You got your dual swords, which are not not katanas, but they're smaller swords. Or it's uh, I think they're called waka wakashis or something like that. But they're smaller swords, so you can do faster combos, but they're not as powerful as the katana, of course. Uh, you've got uh, kuragumis, which is essentially the kunai with chains. It's the sickle with the chain attached to it with the weight at the end. Which I'm shocked how much I love that weapon because <laughs> it's. I would argue even faster than the dual swords. And uh, you can combo, you can also get like distance attacks because of its, uh, its chain length. And you can do different moves with the sickle and stuff. It actually works really, really well. I was impressed by it. And lastly, we got axes, which is weird because it also includes hammers too, which are not really axes, but essentially it's the... <laughs> It's like a great sword. It's like the heavy weapon that you can, but you can use up close or whatnot. Oh, and one more, they're spears, which can also include staffs and stuff like that too. So once again, kind of confusing, but <laughs> each one has their own move set. You combo with them. So like the enemies are like really distinct. They've got their own set of movements and what have you. And you're pretty much like juking and jiving. And then when you finally get it open, you swoop in, hit, this amazing combo on them to do damage and uh going further than that the the combat has even more depth to it because you got like different stances you got high stance mid stance and low stance low stance is more defensive and it's also faster but the strikes are weaker mid is like all round and high stance it's slower but you do more damage and on top of that, you can actually switch stances during combos to extend it. So you can do more damage that way. Plus you get, as you fight, you can also get familiarity with the weapons. Like when I pick up like this uh, cool katana, it'll do this much. But as I use it more and more, then I get more, my familiarating with the weapon builds. And as a result, I'll do more damage with it and I get better. Plus I can unlock samurai points which get spent to learn more moves like maybe i end a combo with a spin kick now that i learned that will make the enemy get staggered and thus i can do more damage to him with an yet another combo uh, there, there's a lot of stuff to learn like you can there's like i i know i've said before like you can become a master at these weapons in dark souls but no you it's really true with the with neo and how much uh how much uh move how many moves and stuff you can do with the game plus you also got ninjutsus and jutsus to learn as well which gives you like essentially that's your magic and um on top of that and this is the uh, diablo 3 part uh there are, the enemies will drop armor and weapons too and they they've got there are different tiers too you've got your normal white weapons but you can also get a rare yellow weapon <laughs> and an even rare blue or purple or green version of it which is pretty yeah. much like every t every game you played ever <laughs> you gotta but, color code that rarity son indeed and it actually makes it more like for me it makes level grinding more exciting because with dark souls you just had the souls that's pretty much what you're grinding for so <laughs> it's like 
an hour of getting souls and then going to the guy to level up. However, thanks to this, now now on top of getting their version of souls, which I'm not really sure what it's called, but uh, <laughs> we'll just call it souls for now. But on top of uh, getting souls to level up, I can also increase my proficient my proficiency with the weapon that I'm using and possibly get even better weapons while gra- grinding instead of with souls where there's only like the weapon is the weapon. Like you're not going to find a better version of like this scimitar that you found. Every scimitar is the same. So at that point, it's really just clouding up your, in, you know, filling up your inventory if you pick up more than that. And you could sell it and maybe get like a few souls, but you don't really get anything. However, with this one, from what I understand, like you can like take something like on top of being more powerful, the weapons will have like st- like bonuses. Like this blue weapon I picked up is more effective against uh, humans or this bow I got does more damage the longer the distance the arrow has to cross and uh, all the special stuff, which I believe you can like, cause eventually you unlock a blacksmith and you can sort of like few, like he can basically take apart a weapon and add the bonus to another weapon that you found. So you can keep getting, making the weapons you like better, but it also entices you to keep some of the weapons too. And it's really cool. Plus, I love the design of uh, how you work the inventory. Like, because, you know, before in Dark Souls, you had, like, a, two spots for your weapons. You had, like, a sword, or you could equip a bow, ooh, uh, and you'd have to hit left. And it was either you worked long distance, or you had to pick two minor weapons, or what have you. However, with Neo, you got the bow, like... The bow's always there. You just hold down the trigger button, to the L2 button to aim, and there's like a special spot for ranged weapons because you can also unlock flintlocks or guns as well as a bow, normal <laughs> bow and arrow. And you just hold L2, and he'll just spring and just pull out the bow, and you're ready to go. It doesn't need to take up a spot for your weapons like it does. Oh, and Joe, another thing I love. To attack with your normal weapon, it, square and triangle. You don't need to... Hit, rely on the triggers at the top <laughs> to attack anymore which i had no idea how much i preferred until i until i played this game oh man uh and the characters the the enemies and all that it's all like japanese lore based and it really works really well uh i will say as far as difficulty goes as uh with the, i played like the introductory and i've been replaying the first level a lot and uh i in my opinion, it's not as difficult as Blood Souls, but uh, uh, Blood Souls, <laughs> as Dark Souls. <laughs> but I'm not going to also tell you that it's not hard. You you can die in a few hits if you just go in there like an idiot with no strategy. Uh, and there there are actually some clever traps that they set throughout the game where if you're not careful, you could get be jumped by a gang of gang of uh, enemies. Uh, oh, by the way. Something I also appreciate in Dark Souls, and uh, I, I don't know how much of it you play, but pretty much like as you like entered an area, as soon as you did, all the enemies seem to notice you like right off the bat and charge you. With this one, it's much more strategic. Like I can like inch towards uh, an one enemy and attack him. Meanwhile, an enemy who's like down the hall won't jump in quite yet. At, you know, because it. So I can like inch my way through a corridor without having to worry about like 20 enemies ganging up on me, which is also really cool. Like I really am shocked how much I'm enjoying playing this game. Like I've been playing like every night, just like level grinding and finding better weapons and whatnot. 
Um, the enemies are really, really fun to interact with. It's one of those, yeah, yes, you're going to die, but there was never a time where I was pissed off at off that I thought it was cheap. Like, okay, I know why I died here. I just <laughs> just don't do that next time. And uh, all the enemies work. I love the yokai or the or the demons in this game too. And um, yeah, I'm enjoying leveling up and getting ready to play the game. Uh, I haven't really done enough to warrant a full review, but I'm understanding why this game is doing so well. And da- damn, yeah, like. <laughs> I really hope you give this game a shot because I, I would love to see this game in our game of the year tournament. Yeah, it definitely sounds definitely sounds like it's worth at least checking out for sure. Because I mean, from us, yeah, like hearing you talk about it and hearing other people talk about it, it seems just a little bit faster uh, yes, yes. than 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 something you'd see out of Souls or Bloodborne, even uh, which was supposed to be like the faster paced version <laughs> in a way. Um, yeah, so it it seems like it might be a little bit uh, a little bit more my speed. Um, I have to check it out for sure. Uh, oh yeah, I wonder. If, or if it's that red box. <laughs> yeah, they'll look that up. <laughs> but yeah, I've been enjoying it quite a bit so far. I enjoyed all the interactions with all the characters and whatnot. Uh, I really think this uh, this is gonna, this is a I think this might be the sleeper hit of uh, or at least it is as of right now for 2017 and a definite win for PlayStation. So yeah, um, does not appear to be a red box. <laughs> oh goddamn it! <laughs> yeah. Um, you got the app too. Yeah, but they do have farming simulator seventeen. So. Got <laughs> <laughs> that that may make it to the game of the year spot before Neo at this rate. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, I'm not seeing it either. I'm gonna have to. I'll keep an eye out for it just in case. Yeah, I'll see what kind of deals they have in that game. Um, down the line. Yeah, farming simulator. God damn it. <laughs> All right, so that's like my mini. Oh, Resident Evil Seven is on Redbox, though. You could try that out. I could. More on that in a little bit, but Joe, you think I'd be able to beat that in the weekend? Yeah, could I? Could I spend like four bucks or six bucks on a two-day rental and just plow through it? Like there are videos of people like okay. I think on my normal playthrough, I was able to like wrap it up in like ten hours, but that's mainly because keep in mind I'm a chicken shit as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, like there are videos of people beating the game in like two and a half hours, so. <laughs> If you're focused and you're prepared, well, I, I I would say being prepared would ruin the experience. But uh, if you were able to get through it, it would, uh, I could definitely see you getting through it in like a weekend, maybe two weekends if you want to spread it out. Uh, but more on that in a second. Uh, by the way, I want to also say that this game, like this is said quite a bit. I mentioned it earlier when we we're talking about Beast Mode on uh, PlayStation Pro, but this game is really beautiful too. Just like the way the animation of seeing you run and the armor up on you. And that that's the cool part of it too. Like it's very reminiscent uh, Diablo three when you would find different pieces of armor and you would look like your character would look like more and more badass. The same is true with uh, your character in Neo where like you'll find like different armor sets that'll give you different armors and, your armor can get bigger and bigger, or you can focus on, on being a ninja and get lighter so you move faster in the fights, too. So it's, like, really, that part's really cool, too. But the overall layout of the map, which, by the way, it's not like Dark Souls, where everything is connected and you can walk from one spot to any part in the game. Right. It's like an actual structure game with missions and shit, right? Yeah, like, you, you're in Japan, and each... Uh, 
each part is set. Like when you enter it, you know, it's like this whole big area that you have to play in. But once you beat it, you go back to the map and you select a different spot. Like sometimes you're on working your way from the beach to a village. Other times you're in an actual freaking dojo working your way through these <laughs> narrow corridors. Sometimes you're in a deep cave. If you know, there's like a lot, there's lots of different, it's very varied for the environments and uh, it looks really cool, but you know, it's not connected, which some people will get pissed about. But if you actually look at the maps, like some people have actually designed like a 3d map of what the world of a dark souls game would have to look like for <laughs> it to be connected. And it's at like, when you actually look at it, it's like, okay, this makes no sense. But so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it works as it, as it is. And on top of the main missions, you got all these side missions you can do to unlock like different spells and moves because uh, certain abilities in the game are only unlocked after, or you only get the option to unlock them after you complete a certain mission. So you can use that to like increase the power of your character as well. Uh, did you have any other questions for me as far as Neo goes? Uh, no, that, that was pretty extensive. <laughs> <laughs> Even for a not full review. Yeah, it's like like the combat alone is just like so amazingly in depth and like or amazingly deep i should say and oh my god it's 140 all right <laughs> <laughs> all right joe uh you played a game what what, what did you play one, one more time um i did finally complete watchdog 2 a game that i kind of started on a little bit before we got into our our um, game of the year tournament um yeah i haven't completed it like that's a that's a game i enjoyed a fucking great deal um, I'm not sure I would have made it any further in our, our game of the year tournament, but I, I do kind of want to give it its actual due uh, and just say what a what a tremendous improvement it was uh, over the original game, uh, which we can both agree on uh, being not good <laughs> mm. <laughs> and just kind of a giant disappointment. Um, but but Watch Dogs Two kind of improves, you know, it improves over the original in in pretty much any in pretty much each and every <laughs> meaningful kind of way. Uh, and that one, like like I said, like, I I, I kind of banged on this drum a lot when we we're talking about it during the game of the year stuff. But like the original game was like super bleak, where it's like, oh, you you replays, you know, Aiden, what's it, Aiden Pierce, uh, who's like just this fucking sour ass dude who who's even more soured by the fact that like, oh, now he has to get revenge on on his dead niece, which is like, man, that's fucking bleak, huh? <laughs> um, and. <laughs> And yeah, like there, there wasn't a whole lot of focus on him. Like it, the game focused on him just kind of as an individual. Um, and, you know, like they really wanted us to keep yourself really expected people to get behind this dude uh, as, as kind of like a, an iconic character or whatever. It's like, and yeah, that shit just did not take because the dude was so fucking boring and like, just like cookie cutter, like, oh, brooding fucking protagonist, whatever, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, Watch Dogs 2, you know, f- focuses on, on Marcus uh, Holloway, who um, who is much more interesting and much more dynamic uh, of a character and protagonist. Uh, even though, yeah, and um, yeah, like like in the first game, like Aiden Pierce is just like a man on his own personal revenge mission. Uh, whereas whereas uh, Marcus, he's part of he's part of a, a hacker group, which which is kind of like uh, talked about a little bit, kind of in passing in the original game, DeadSec. Uh, they were just kind of this group who who are kind of just doing whatever it is that they do in the original game. But here you're, you're kind of, you're like, it, they're pretty much central to the whole plot. Like, and you know, you're kind of part of their, their San Francisco chapter or whatever. 
and and you're the whole the whole game is just kind of about exposing like uh like corruption both at the corporate and at the government level or whatever um as as a group of hacktivists uh and working to do all that and yeah like it like even though you guys like the the whole the whole point of, of the game is to bring down the one giant corporation that kind of has like their their kind of hands in everything like in government and this or that um and yeah like everything about that approach is is both more interesting uh from both a story and 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 the gameplay perspective uh from a story perspective it's more interesting because it's like oh yeah like this actually has some actual things to say about like how much people rely on like technology from a convenience standpoint and the vulnerable like how vulnerable kind of leaves them to a bunch of other stuff like oh it's like yeah obviously it's super convenient to like let companies like but obviously like google isn't in the game per se like like all the companies that you think about in technology like in the real world like they like there's an approximation of it in in the game Mm -hmm. uh but but like by and large it's it's they're they're all analogs to like like oh instead of google it's noodle or whatever um and (laughs) and and yeah like all these companies exist within the game and like it's it's mostly about like oh yeah like people really kind of give up a lot even more than they realize just for the sake of convenience and making their lives a little bit easier it's like oh yeah it's like we kind of give all of our our information to these companies and you know install their technology in our house because hey look it's nice and convenient like i guess I can check it at my house from work or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's nice, except for like it leaves you super vulnerable to like malevolent people who want to like invade your privacy and like and want to take do things that you didn't really actually sign up for uh, with your data. It's like, oh yeah, give Google all your information. It's like, all right, like that's not impossible that a company could just turn around and sell that data to other companies so that they can market stuff toward you in ways that you're not even realizing. It's like, oh shit, yeah, that makes that like it like it's 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 it's, it's that's kind of bleak in itself, but it's not like as bleak as oh, revenge story. It's it's kind of like oh man, like if you if you watch like stuff like Black Mirror or, or things like that, like like that commentary kind of exists already. But it's like yeah, like it's it's like it's 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 worthwhile stuff worth repeating. It's like yeah, like not to sound like super paranoid or anything, but it's like yeah, like if you, you have to do have to be careful with <laughs> like your information. Uh, just you know, like not to be like super paranoid. It's like but yeah, maybe people should be a little bit more careful with what they put out there. Uh, and like, and this game does is pretty smart about kind of like showing you like what potential traps people could fall into unwittingly just for the sake of you know convenience or whatever. Mm. Um, so from a story standpoint, I think the game's pretty good. Uh, on top of like the characters being super great as well, um, like Marcus, he's he's super fun. Like I talked about this a little bit uh, during the game of the year stuff as well. But like the characters, the way they all interact with each other, like they're all giant super. Like obviously they're super smart or whatever, and they'd have to be like you know geeks to 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 really be like effective like hacker hackers or whatever but like they they really connect with each other in really fun ways about like things that they love to do and the things that they love in terms of like geekiness or whatever like arguments about like like archie like like alien versus predator that that somehow becomes a conversation about archie because he interacted with predator in the comics once or, (laughs) or or like or like there there's some of the side missions or whatever let you drive an uber basically <laughs> like you download an app to your phone and it's like oh you can download the uber equivalent and drive people around uh for extra cash uh and one of the people you can drive around owns a robot that turned like i don't know if you ever watched short circuit malcolm back in of back course the day. i did <laughs> well one of them is he's he's basically looking for johnny five uh, <laughs> he lost his robot he's like i'm looking for for, for my robot buddy and it's he's basically talking about johnny five um <laughs> Which is fantastic. I mean, stuff like that that kind of like adds a little adds a little bit of levity to to the kind of like the seriousness of what the the mission the, what the story is about. 
um, in a way that the original game just didn't bother to do. Um, and, you know, the missions themselves, too, like, help you are a lot better at making you feel like you're actually a hacker within, like, this, you know, building this world, you know? Like, the original game was, like, the extent of your hacking was basically just like, oh, yeah, you can hack the fucking street lights or the steam pipes or whatever. And that's kind of the extent of it. Like, nothing really interesting happened with that stuff. Mm. Um, but here it's like, oh, yeah, you can, like, like all the missions basically revolve around, like, around, um, you know, you hack breaking into, like, all these secure systems and, and just doing crazy shit with them uh, for you to kind of, you know, for you to be able to push, like, Bed sex, uh, like agenda or whatever. Um, like, there's just a lot of really cool missions that let you, let you do a lot of pretty incredible stuff. Like, like one of the missions later in the game is like, oh, they're like, uh, the comp- one of the companies is like, uh, like I don't know if you're familiar with SpaceX, but like that's Elon Musk's company that kind of like launching satellites and rockets into space or whatever. Uh, and there's an equivalent for that in the game, and and it turns out that the company, like the big company you're trying to turn, uh, kind of like uh, take down is launching, like, surveillance software within, like, satellites that they're launching. So what you do is, one of the missions is you break into, like, their fucking space hangar uh, <laughs> and, and like, fucking hack into, like, hack into, like, their, their rockets or whatever and, and like, install your own hardware onto the rockets so that you can surveil the big company instead. And, like, <laughs> and once, the, like, the rocket launches into space, you hack the fucking satellite and that lets you hack into other satellites around the country, like, around the, the fucking planet, which lets you, like, hack into, like, all of their their data centers like around the world like in korea and freaking like and fucking like africa and england and dubai it's like holy shit what the fuck like the, the game takes like a like like really crazy scale uh that you don't see that you just you didn't see in the original game it's like this is like really super fucking cool <laughs> to be able to like yeah i've fucking hacked a set a rocket so that i could i hacked the rocket so that i could spy on this giant company all over the world like that's pretty nuts Mm. Uh, yeah like just overall i think the game is just like it just such a marketing improvement over over the original that like i'm like i was like it, i'm really happy that <laughs> that game ended up being the way it was if they make a sequel to this game would you like to see the adventures of uh this guy continue or do you think they this is a franchise where it could be like a different guy every time um no this is definitely something that you, that you feel that you could definitely take like i like marcus and i like and i like I would like to see more of them, but I feel like they're going to fill those gaps with DLC, um, with like just regular DLC, because they did still sell a season pass for this game. So there's like, there's still DLC coming for it. Um, and I figure if I want to go back to, to, to Marcus, I could just do that via the DLC. Um, mm. Kind of the nature of like, oh, like as a hacker group, uh, hacker groups, you know, just by their nature are disorganized, don't really have a central leader or whatever. So you can see like kind of what it was already. They've already set up a pretty good like framework for that with with DeadSec, where it's like, you know, in the original game, even though they were kind of like an afterthought, like there was a Chicago chapter, you know, doing stuff in Chicago with, alongside or parallel to Aiden Pierce. Uh, you play, you know, within the, the San Francisco chapter here. So I can see them saying, all right, a different city, a different, you know, like group of hackers with, or, or a different group of, within DeadSec, you know, doing things in another city entirely. Um, especially with the point of the games being like, oh yeah, like cities are using technology to kind of monitor stuff and like they, they're saying that it's to make the city run smoother or whatever the infrastructure but like the whole point of like watchdogs one and two is like oh yeah they're also using it to spy on you at every given <laughs> moment uh so i could see them doing it where it's like oh yeah like let's take down a def- like let's bring like they brought chicago down a peg on the original game they did the same thing from san francisco and oakland and this one i could see them saying oh okay let's do that with like london or whatever uh with a different group of people uh, but still, like uh, ident- identifying themselves as dead sector or whatever. Um, yeah, I could see them doing that. 
taking that approach. Is there any mention to the first game in this one? There is, actually. Um, like, there are a lot of different side missions in the game. Uh, they can kind of <laughs> just hack into people's phones or whatever a lot of the time. Like, as they're standing on street corners, like, oh, it actually launches a, a, uh, a side mission. Uh, one of the side missions actually help, has you help uh, Aiden Pierce. He's in San Francisco for some reason. Uh, I, they don't really... I think he's taking down, like, a human trafficking ring or something. Because uh, you, you end up... You're like, oh, shit, there's, like, a human trafficking ring or whatever. And and you, you follow, like, a lead on it. And when you get, like, oh, yeah, let's go to this meeting point to see this, tra- this shady transaction happen. You get to the, <laughs> to the point and it's like, oh, shit, everyone's already dead here. <laughs> um, and you, you kind of poke around and it turns out Aiden Pierce wiped out, like, all the bad guys or whatever. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, and, like, he ends up being captured at, at some point. And so you end up hacking into like their security systems to, to help them escape. And it's not a super long side mission. It takes like half an hour to complete, but like, and that's the extent of, of Aiden Pierce in that game. But like, it was kind of neat. Even if I don't like Aiden Pierce that much, uh, it was kind of neat to see them kind of tie the two games together to kind of like unify so you know, they, this world. So they've turned Aiden Pierce into kind of like the moon knight of this, uh, franchise. Yeah, I guess so. Or the punisher, I guess, I guess for, he, yeah, you could say that. Um, yeah, and and those those side missions are are pretty cool too. Like, um, even though they're pretty short, um, and and not nearly the scale of 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 uh, like the main missions, like the fucking rocket thing that I I, I described. Um, there's still some like fun stuff to be like to, to to see within like the side missions. Like, um, one of them, you know, the game takes place in San Francisco, and like <laughs> uh, Ubisoft has a studio in San Francisco. They're you know the ones developing South Park. Uh, as it is hmm. uh and they and they're right down the street from you know AT&T Park or whatever they call it in uh in Watch Dogs 2 uh <laughs> and one of the missions has you uh break into Ubisoft servers <laughs> to to leak a game trailer <laughs> which is pretty funny uh yeah it's stuff like that where it's like you know you just, like you can do like oh the 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 big the big ass like activist stuff where it's like oh yeah like exposing corruption and and things like that um but like also like oh yeah like there's also mischief to be had with 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 being a hacker as well so it's it's fun to see and kind of play around both kind of versions of 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 what being i guess part of a hacker group would entail yeah now this is in chicago right no the original game was in chicago okay this, uh Watch Dogs 2 takes place in the bay area so it's it's san francisco uh oakland and and i believe uh oh, fuck i forget what the the suburb like marin county i think is is yeah marin county kind of like the suburb area mm-hmm. uh, between the two cities. Now, how, what was your play style? Were you, uh, were you lethal at all? Or did you focus on like uh, hacking and takedown techniques and stuff like that? Um, I, whenever possible, like I would definitely do this, the stuff like hacking stuff. Cause like the game, yeah, the game does let you just go in like guns blazing, but that I, I feel like that's not nearly as, as fun or as cool. doesn't like, 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 whenever you're given the opportunity to, like, sneak into, like, a building unnoticed and just fucking wreak havoc on all their fucking, like, computer systems and break in and, and do, like, what amounts to catastrophic shit, but with them not having any idea that it's happening, I feel like that's, like, the coolest way to do anything. Um, it's like, oh, shit, like, yeah, I just took down your entire banking system and you guys didn't even realize it. It's like, that's pretty fucking cool. You could just easily just also just like, yeah, I'm just going and, and, and blast everyone of bits <laughs> um, and just walk up to the server. <laughs> but like, I feel that's not nearly as, as interesting as, as like, oh, I've got my little remote control car sneaking around like all the, <laughs> all the freaking uh, ventilation ducts 
and no one can no one even realized that I, I was in and out. Like I feel like that's a lot more fun. Like there's some spots where like even if you're super careful, um, where like playing that way is super super difficult, and sometimes it's like like all right, you got this, you made it eighty percent of the way without being discovered. Um, but unless you want to wait around for like an hour and a half to make sure you're not discovered, um, sometimes you just have to blast your way back out after doing the thing. Um, and it sucks that that has to happen sometimes if you want to fucking just get to the end of the mission. <laughs> um, um, yeah, like it's not like the end of the world. Like like blasting through stuff isn't like the worst thing. Because uh, even still, like, you can still kind of sneak, like, kind of hack your way through, like, le- you can, like, just, like, stun gun people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you, or you can, like, kind of remotely detonate, <laughs> like, fucking gas pipes or, or shit like that. Like, like I don't feel bad about necessarily, like, wiping out, like, a parking lot of, like, terrible gangsters or whatever. Uh, just to make it easier to get to an area. So it's like, all right. And, what, like, depending on the situation, like, I, like I'm not completely against the, the lethal approach, but even that I like to do sneakily, where it's like, hey, I'm going to attract this guy uh, to, to stand behind this truck, and then I'm going to hack the truck to fucking reverse and smash over him. <laughs> like, that shit's funny to do. Like, I have, like, that's, that shit's just fun. Um, so, even though it's like, I prefer the non-lethal approach in most games, but, like, wreaking havoc that way isn't necessarily the worst thing either. So, it's like, you just enjoy fucking around in that game, is what I'm getting Gotcha. Damn. All right. So, game's been out for a little bit, admittingly, but how would you rate it? Like, uh, do you think it's worth full price per se right now, or do you think uh, it would, or would you recommend people wait, or do you think this is well worth the full price admission? Um, uh, mm, when I bought it, like it was during like a buy two get one free thing. Mm. Um. So I, I was able to get it for relatively cheap. Um, but like if I'd bought it, like, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't have bought it at launch just because I was so standoffish after the first game. Yeah. Uh, but like in a vacuum, it was like if I'd paid 60 bucks for, for Watch Dogs 2 um, and played through it, like I wouldn't have been disappointed by having spent 60 bucks on it at all. Um, at this point, having been several months since its release, um, like I, and being a Ubisoft release, like they're, they're usually pretty quick about lowering the price of, of a game uh, after several months, whether it's permanent or you know, via via like sales or whatever. Like at this point, I, I would I would say you know just wait a little bit longer because I'm sure the game will be a little bit cheaper than sixty bucks uh, in the near future. Um, just kind of reading the tea leaves there um, after several months. But yeah, like it was definitely like it definitely would have been worth sixty bucks. But like at this point, it's like yeah, you, you're probably safe waiting for it to be twenty bucks off or something. Like on Amazon, it's uh, going for roughly thirty eight dollars right now. Oh, that's absolutely worth thirty eight bucks. Then. Yeah. All right, uh, and here's the big question, I guess, to ask to follow up: Watch Dogs Three. Are you down at launch, or are you gonna wait again? Um, if like I guess I'd have to see like what the, what, like how they kind of lead up to it. Like, if it ends up being they end up kind of going like the loner fucking revenge route again with like it, they did with Watch Dogs One, I feel like that would be a bad idea. <laughs> but if it comes out where it's like, oh yeah, that's it's gonna be like there's gonna be a heavy focus on and like on like hacking through stuff. Uh, within like a fun kind of like or it's where it seems like the game could be fun the way Watch Dogs 2 was um then that'd definitely be on board like if i get if i got the the sense that they're leaning towards like more of a Watch Dogs 2 feel then yeah I'd definitely go with that yeah this is kind of a ubisoft thing where the first game is like <laughs> meh and then the second game comes out and like oh okay this is the potential of this and <laughs> yeah like i mean the game is just super fun like 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 the side stuff like even though it's like i probably wouldn't want to do like all the side stuff um like there's enough to, in each of the side activities that you you have fun doing at least some 
of all of it. You know, like um, like one of the type things that you can do is that you can you can download like a Foursquare equivalent. Like I don't know if you know a Foursquare. You ever use Foursquare, Malcolm? Yeah, or it's like, yeah. Yeah, you or you or you're like yeah, check into a location or whatever. Um, here it's like you check into your location a uh, location by like taking a selfie in front of like landmarks around the city. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like yeah, you you just <laughs> you you just. You just open the camera and you pose Marcus in front of the thing and it's like, yeah, selfies. Like I was at the Ubisoft office. I was at freaking the Golden Gate Bridge or whatever. Uh, things like that. Like and like I did about like I did that about like thirty times because it's always funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> people like like people on the street will try to photobomb you. Uh, like it's 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 funny. It's it's fun. Like it has fun <laughs> within its world, even though like. Like over, like the the overarching main story is you know it's like oh it's like this it's kind of a heavy thing it's like yeah take down this major corporation that's trying to control you, um but like it still has fun within that framework. And, you think Marcus is going to go down as this series series is Ezio is probably the most beloved <laughs> character. I hope so because that guy's that guy's super cool. He's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Aiden Pierce needs to hang out with Marcus. Some. <laughs> hey, he's he's already helped him out without him knowing it. Oh yeah. And that's pretty cool. Like, it would be cool if that was... I wonder if... Because I never played the entirety of Watch Dogs, but what if that was a mission in the first game, and this was us finding out, like, how Marcus was able to get out of the situation, how everything was going his way as well <laughs> as it did. Oh, I guess we'll never know because I'm never playing that, that game. <laughs> right, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 really cool. I, I enjoyed this game a great deal. Nice. All right. So moving on to the next review, and that is me with Resident Evil 7. And uh, I have quite the history with Resident Evil, Joe. Mm -hmm. I played a good chunk of the first one. Uh, I beat the second <laughs> one. I beat the third one. Played a good chunk of number four, believe it or not. Have not played all the way through. Weird, because that's like the best one. Uh, probably because I didn't have a GameCube to play it on or this, the right system. At the time. It came out at a time where I actually didn't have a real console. Well, believe it or not, there was a time where I didn't play video games in my life. <laughs> uh, then after that, I beat five up and down. Had a great time with five. Bought six, never played. <laughs> <laughs> you still own that, don't you? Like wrapped up even? Like yes, not yeah. even open? Yes, I do. Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I think I I got it for like nine I forget if I got it at launch or if I got it for like nine when it dropped to nineteen ninety nine instantly. But yeah, I, I bought it thinking like, Oh, it's Resident Evil six and then I saw like all these reviews like, Oh hmm. And I was gonna return it but yeah, I never got around to it, so <laughs> But yeah, like even though after seeing footage of it, like I I'm considering doing, uh playing it now. It's like okay, so it's like over the top but once you expect except that it's it's funny but anyway resident <laughs> evil 7 which uh got a big mark out moment for me when i saw that e3 trailer ages ago so i've been looking forward to this and goddamn joe did it live <laughs> up to expectation you know, I, I will even go as far to say that it kind of surpassed expectation like just starting from like starting right off like uh, it builds up this incredible you, you see, it, build, it builds up fantastically as you dr literally drive up to the driveway a where the mansion is and you're walking along it and you see this beautiful spot beautiful shot of it and you can't get in and so like this is not really spoilers but this is literally like the first minute <laughs> of the game and then you walk away as there's a diverting path on on like the main driveway and you see the uh, van 
that had uh, the guys from the demo in it. Like that that was their news van that they after they you know spoiler killed off. That <laughs> it was pretty much left there, and you follow this diverging path, and you see like this. You start to get uncomfortable around here as you start to see crows, and then you turn around and you see something gruesome, and you're like, okay, all right. And keep in mind, this is all to save your wife. And then you keep going down the path, and that's like the you get your first glimpse of Jack, who's walking, who walks away. <laughs> and like, okay, feeling really uncomfortable. And like, the tension is really built up perfectly. Then you get to that front door of the, of the house. And I know some shit's going to go down in this house, Joe. And I didn't want to go in the house. Like, <laughs> and it was, it was fun for me because uh, my wife was there because she didn't have the guts to play the game. She's come out and said this, like, if it's just me, Malcolm, I'm never going to play it. So I'll watch you play this game. <laughs> and I didn't want, I was like, no, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> Is there an option where I can just turn around? But like, it took me like a few minutes to get into that house just because I knew it was going to go in. And as soon as I go in, of course, the door slams after you and you're stuck. And what proceeded was one of the most wild rides I've ever been to. Like, going in there, I I had assumptions on how it was going to go down. It did not go down at all how I thought it was going to go down. <laughs> um, like, everything in there was just done perfectly. Like, I'm not saying there's not horror, there's not jump scares in this, but, because they do do that from time to time, and it's, like, each time it's done really effectively. But there is general genuine tension like the entire time i'm like walking around a corner i was like okay what the fuck's gonna come and it's like getting ready for whatever the scenery is disturbing the family the bakers my god joe like i never thought i would say this but they're right up there with wesker as far as memorable antagonists for this franchise. Like, that, that was part of the reason why the series felt like it kind of died to me after five, because, you know, that's where Wesker bites in. Like, after Albert Wesker <laughs> goes down, like, what the fuck am I fighting now? Is there, <laughs> it's like, how do you continue? They, they, they do need to bring him back. But you get starting with that uh, scene, which we've seen in the trailer of the, the dinner with all, with all four bakers. And uh, then after that, you escape, and then that's when you go through like go through the game. And it felt like I was play like I played four horror mo- four different horror movie games, topped off with a Resident Evil game at the end, which is both good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you know, when you're dealing with the whole thing with Jack Baker, it really does feel like I'm now in a slasher movie with, and Baker is Jason Voorhees, though he is like he is really frightening just in the way he talks to you as he stalks you like he if you try to move around him he will like he'll move too and like and even ask you what the hell are you doing (laughs) like and taunts you and he's really cruel and he's got that whole unstoppable monster thing because you know when you do pick up a gun you can't shoot him but he will keep walking just like he is jason trying to get a hold of you so and every like there are some set times he'll appear and then there are other times he just appears out of nowhere and it's just and like oh holy shit and you're like running in different rooms trying to outmaneuver him and like even hide from him it's like it it really builds up the tension magnificently. Uh, Marguerite was uh, is uh, more of a supernatural horror movie, and uh, I'm I'm not kidding when I say this, but she gave me like a moment in gaming I'll never forget. 
hmm. when you get to her boss fight. Because up in this this point, you have no idea what happens with her, and uh, you're literally you're fighting her in like this greenhouse. And at first, she's like, "All right, here I come." And then, and, like, there's no set moment where you meet her because at this point, you're sort of stalking each other. And as I was walking, all of a sudden, I hear some footsteps. And I see her go around the corner and appear before me. And the reactions of me and my wife at this time <laughs> of seeing Marguerite in her pure, in her ultimate form. It was horror. It was a lot of what the fucks <laughs> were Man. thrown around. But it was, it was incredible. And her whole level was great, too. And then you go to uh, Lucas, uh, who is very much like Saw. And uh, then from there, then we get into the Resident Evil stuff. And uh, no, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep the spoilers to an all-time low. Like I'm only telling you stuff that you probably saw in a trailer at some point, and so you probably get the gist of it. But those characters are so memorable and so unique and special in their own different way. Like uh, Jack Baker, I was scared of Jack Baker. You know, like the death marguerite was was so frightening and different in her own way too and lucas was the first one that i really wanted to actively shoot in the face like that <laughs> that was my goal for his level i'm gonna find him and i'm fucking kick his ass when I get him he's such a little prick but go, the story is incredible too like uh the story uh it things do get revealed to you over time but the part I thought, like, sort of like Dark Souls, you find, like, notes and stuff throughout the game, much like in the original, in all the Resident Evil games, but you find out more. And it was fun, because me and Sandra would read these, and we were, like, pieced together and come up with theories on what happened exactly, and what, 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 what happened to the Bakers, and why they are what they are. And the mystery behind it is really engaging. It's, and I thought it was really, really well done. Like, the story, I, I thought was magnificent. Like, some people will say there's plot holes or say, like, oh, there's, like, let's or poke fun of it. You know what? The, you know what? It's a horror movie. <laughs> and as far as horror movies go, this was, like, a pretty ingenious story, I thought. And, like, everything is explained, I felt. And even the ending, which, don't worry, folks, I'm not going to talk about, even the ending... Ha raises more questions than answers to a point like where after I beat the game, me and Sandra had to go to a diner and discuss what happened. It's because like, even though Sandra hadn't followed resident evil, she was like, wait a second, this, this, and this don't add up. And I'm like, well, well but wait, there's this and this. And you know, it was like a real engaging discussion to a point where now I'm like really excited for all the DLCs that are going to drop, especially uh, the uh, not a hero DLC which uh, I can't explain because that actually is spoilers. But <laughs> that I just want to reiterate. And they made sure, because they do advertise it after the credits, but it's free. That part, that that one is free. So even if you didn't get a season pass, you can just download it and play it and get the extra bit of story there, which I can't wait for because, you know, that's a lot of where our questions feel like they're going to be answered. Um now, while the bakers are really memorable, uh, one strike I will give it is uh, if you're expecting to see a lot of variety with the enemies, uh, don't. Uh, you know, there's the molded, and uh, there's, like, some varied form of the molded, but that's pretty much it. Uh, mainly that's because, uh, you know, the bakers are the primary focus here, and I think it really, what, with what they do, that really works. Um because, you know, the bakers also stalk you throughout the level, too. Because while you're looking around the house, they're 
one of them is usually in the same house too. So, and they're stalking you. Uh, but if you're expecting to see uh, certain enemy types in the game, you're probably going to be disappointed. The molded do appear from time to time as like that, uh, as the zombie type enemy that you have to deal with. But that the focus primarily is on the bakers, which is really what makes them as memorable as they are in the game. Is that's who you have to tango with. Uh, first person works really really well oh and uh it helps you like even though ethan is does have his have a personality like there are a lot of there are a few times he talks but when he talks it does feel like he's channeling me and, and my wife for that <laughs> matter like we felt like we were living vicariously through him and uh going through this whole situation and he's like he finally beats one of them and he's like oh now fucking stay dead <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, just watching it like first person, this is perfect for this type of game here. And, uh, just dealing with everything and whatnot is fantastic as well. The levels are brilliantly designed. And at first, like a lot of people were like a little weird, wary of the game. Cause when you move up to an item that you can pick up, a little arrow shows up saying you can pick it up and they're like, Oh, it's going to be impossible to miss anything. No, you can miss quite a bit of shit in this game. Like, uh, there's an item called the psycho stimulant where it, pretty much like even if you're several rooms away it makes like all the items that are nearby you show up or the arrow for it show up and the first time i used it i was shocked because there was like literally like 30 30 arrows on the screen i was like <laughs> i i missed quite a bit jeez <laughs> uh there's some really surprising weapons in the game uh there are some uh a lot of items and stuff that you can combine together and it wasn't until I rewatched a walkthrough for the first game that I realized how many references to the first game there are in this in this one. There's like so many nods to the other titles throughout the the Resident Evil series that if you're if you're up on them, um, you'll catch them as they come. Like there's even uh, a nod to Resident Evil Outbreak in this game too, which I wasn't Damn. expecting to. Yeah. <laughs> And I just had a tremendous, tremendous blast playing this game. Uh, the little, uh, I'm trying to think of like, it's just so it doesn't sound like I'm just beaming about this game, but uh, there are some like inconsistencies with how things look like. Um, the enemies are also kind of dumb, or at least the molded are, but then again, they're sort of brainless, which is sort of the, the point of the character. Like, mm. you can like be running away from them and. As soon as you exit the door, you can close the door and they're trapped in there. <laughs> and so they look a little dumb there. However, if you uh, close it, you can still kind of see them moving through the door. Like they can't move through it, but you'll see like their knees stick out. And if they're trying to attack you, like they have one that's basically them reaching for you. And you can sort of see their hands pop out through the door. It won't damage you, which is good. But uh, you can still kind of see them through the door. And that's a little weird thing. Almost feels like a nod to the first game as well, but I digress. <laughs> um, this, I was really blown away by it. Uh, there's also, like, one choice. There's two endings to the game, which comes from a choice, which is a really weak choice. I, I'll, that I will, I will say that. Like, mainly because of uh, the two options at that point, I didn't feel like, there, it was like, they gave you enough to really make it didn't feel like it had any weight really and i also felt like they could have uh, done more with the consequences of the choices than they did 
And that's all I'll say for, to sort of withhold myself from spoiling <laughs> everything there. Um, something also I hated about this game that isn't really the fault of this game at all is YouTubers. Uh, <laughs> like, I was so into the story of the game, I was actively trying to avoid spoilers, which quite a few people that I had subscribed at the time were making a point to make that a pain in the ass to avoid. Like, there was a few YouTubers where they would use a screen cap of, like, a certain guy getting killed, and which was a spoiler. It's like, oh, great. Or they would write in the description. Like, no, not the title. Excuse me. Not the description. Oh, this, this, and this happens. Oh, my God. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm just trying to scroll through the videos to go to something else, you motherfucker. Like, I actually had to unsubscribe from people because they kept doing it. It's... <laughs> Oh, it's also really difficult to watch other people play this games game, I find, too. Mainly because, like, like, a lot of people, they'll just, like, skip over stuff that, uh, I, like, I see. Like, I was watching, like, Super Best Friends play this game. And uh, they, there was, like, this one item that they keep going into the room and they kept missing. It was just bothersome. It's like, what, what are you doing? Also, this is a game where you can have a different experience playing it that somebody else did. Like, they're... There are certain key moments that you can miss if you uh, look, if you know, if you look away, or if uh, you don't do things a certain way, which really adds to playthroughs and whatnot as well. Um, and the music's fantastic; really suits it. Um, as far as it, the part where it becomes Resident Evil, you know, it's a Resident Evil game, so that's fair. And uh, <laughs> I, I actually did enjoy those parts, or it's where when it did happen, and the ending is really good as it's like an ending that has a lot of people talking on YouTube. So, uh, I really, really recommend it. And going back to what Joe said earlier, as far as people putting their money where their mouth is literally, you know, this is a scary, it was a scary game. Like it like gave me some legit frightful moments. (laughs) And I was like, even running around in a panic (laughs) trying to get out of there. I was apprehensive about every move I made because, like, okay, I know what the fuck's going to happen. God damn it. <laughs> it. It was really well done. And so much effort went into this. And the story is so good, too. And I really want this – like I said like I said before, I really want this game to do well. Like, if this game is like a Mirror's Edge 2 level failure, I'm going to be so irate. So, oh, man. Oh, God. But uh, from what I understand, like, uh, speaking of uh, news stories that we missed, <laughs> uh, one of, I gave you a text message a while ago about some ga- how certain games did in January, how they sold, or I, oh, the MPD numbers, which I'm trying desperately to find. And this is from uh, the PlayStation Store. Come on, load up. And uh, this is from the PlayStation blog. As I stall, so that I can hear you. These are the top downloads for, on the PlayStation Store, and Resident Evil Seven was number two, right, right behind Ark Survivors Pack, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing was like a D, which was a DLC pack, I, th- I think, or something. And uh, it, which, which even they said was a stunning upset. It must have been a sale or something, but it was number two, so hopefully that means it did really well. But uh, I really recommend this game like if uh i recommend it more if you haven't 
watch the game played because that's a large part of the enjoyment I got of it is I didn't know it was coming. And uh, if you watch people play through and you know that, oh, this is going to happen here and these guys show up here, then it takes away from it. So I really recommend, this is one of the games I really recommend you play blind as it, it was just tremendous fun. And I'm putting down my card saying this game absolutely <laughs> has to be in game of the year because I, I really enjoyed it. Played it to death and I highly recommend it to you too, Joe. All right. Uh, did you have any questions on me as far as the game goes? Anything that I, that you may have been curious about? Uh, just one very important question, which you negligently uh, didn't cover, sir. Oh dear. How many boulders can you punch? <laughs> um, there is no boulder punching in this game. And how the fuck can you recommend it for game of the year so early on? <laughs> Just... God damn you, Joe. God... <laughs> <laughs> I make this impassionate point. Any <laughs> counter with that? <laughs> um, oh, there is something I would lo- I like to say in retort, but once again, that would be a spoiler. But... <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's worth it. <laughs> it's very much worth it. <laughs> All right. Now, before we go forward, Joe, I gave you a homework assignment, if you recall. Yes. Something that probably would have been better off in the previous episode, but oh, oh well. Um, out of the games we talked about for game for games coming out in 2017, going through that list, just going by what you've experienced so far and what you anticipate, what games do you feel are going to be the first four seeds in our game of the year tournament, which are very mm-hmm. prestigious as we made sure to talk about in our last game of the year. Well, I, was, I mean, um, so, so did mm. you, did you want to start? I, I kind of, feel, I say you should start. Okay. Cause I feel like we might mirror each other just a little bit on like the, on the last two. So this is how I see it. Number four. Uh, like I said, just going by what I'm playing just from sheerly merely playing the game i haven't even gotten deep into the story yet but i think neo will take number four the number four spot in my opinion i think that that game is like blue blue expectation out of the water it definitely deserves to be if it's not in the tournament proper we've either had one of the most amazing year in video games ever (laughs) or that there's been a miscarriage of justice (laughs) (laughs) miscarriage (laughs) oh what a maneuver anyway so Neo takes number four for me. Uh, number three, you may, I think you'll disagree with only because of its placement, but I think Persona 5 is also going to light up a lot of people's eyes and uh, make a very strong impression this year, especially after hearing you talk about it. So I, Persona 5 is number three for me. One and two are were was a very difficult call for me. But in the end, and uh, may, this may not reflect that once I actually play the game in a bit, it, this could change. Keep in mind, this is tentative. But I think number two is going to go to Horizon D- Zero Dawn. And I'm going to give the number one seed spot to Mass Effect Andromeda. Whoa. Yeah. I, I actually cannot wait to like properly get into it. So I I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. Plus, I, even though a lot of people like shit on that uh, PS4 Pro reveal... I still remember that one bit with uh, Mass Effect. And I think also because I've been watching those Star Trek movies as they come out, I, I, <laughs> the idea of space travel is like really, really intriguing to me. So, Yeah, that game is going to look incredible. Oh, God, yeah. So that's my four. So just uh, like, that's, a, that's a surprising uh, 
That's surprising, Malcolm, especially hearing you talk so swimmingly about Resident Evil literally minutes ago. I expected that to be in there. Ah, uh, yeah. That like I said, it was a tough call. Like, mm. may, like I said, it's a tough. Like, I loved Resident Evil Four, Resident Evil Seven, and I was really debating. Like, it was in this list like multiple times, like during several drafts that I did. But mm. it, it, it's <laughs> tough. Like, even now, I'm like, do I really feel like it'll be interesting to see what my list looks like in a year's time? But I, mm. I feel like with the anticipation and the pedigree of Persona Five, and Everything that I've seen on Neo, I, I feel like in the end it just pushed it out. Like I, it's definitely number five right now, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I stand by that for right. Like I said, this is just tentative. Like I could be drastically surprised. Hopefully not <laughs> with these four <laughs> games. Uh, but anyway, Joe, how does yours look? Well, Malcolm, uh, I'm. <laughs> I pulled up the on the on the firmup.com. I pulled up the page for uh, for for a gaming preview. Uh, and it seems like I inadvertently answered your question days before you even asked it to me <laughs> uh, with the banner image that I, I created for, for that episode because uh, I'm looking at the, the, the games that I used for that banner. And oh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it looks it looks pretty similar to what I created here uh, <laughs> in no particular order uh, here. I, I would say that Persona 5, I agree with that particular selection <laughs> as well as Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, oh, motherfucker. I, yeah, I feel like Red Dead Redemption is a pretty, pretty good lock, mm. uh, and maybe not necessarily a lock here. But I feel if it's not going to be The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, uh, I see perhaps Super Mario Odyssey slipping into that slot. Uh, so for me, those would be my four games that I think would be the top contenders for those top seeds. Mario, I'm not confident yet that it's coming out this year. Man. I I am. They're they're they don't. They don't usually delay mainline Mario games. Uh, oh, for those people out there who are, are who are probably going to mention continuity with me, I just want to stress that we have no release date for NAC two. <laughs> Otherwise, that would have been spots four, three, two, and one. <laughs> so until we have like an official release date, yeah. <laughs> like motherfucker, I can't believe I forgot Red Dead Two. I can't either. I, the only reason I didn't bring it up as soon as you finished is because I wanted to. To, to make you feel even worse by mentioning it for my own. Well, consider <laughs> me feeling you. worse here. Uh, but yeah, the, this 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 preview image that I that I grew up uh, inadvertently answered your question days before you asked it to me, Malcolm. Like, imagine how shitty I'm going to feel if that game is terrible. <laughs> the, <laughs> um, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this was eight years of anticipation. <laughs> Uh, Another thing about this image that I created was that the only reason I actually even picked these four games is because they're the only they're the ones that lent themselves best to to an image like this. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's a, like two of them are just two guys standing up. Uh, one of them actually cuts perfectly with the Red Dead silhouettes there. Yeah, and Link rock climbing, <laughs> extreme, but it works pretty well there too. <laughs> Oh god, folks! If you have, uh, you know, if there's ever a time to write in, it's been a while since I've done one of these community questions. But what are your, what do you think are going to be the four biggest games this year? Feel free to mention if you don't want to put it in any particular order. But yeah, write in the, write into mailbag at thefirmup.com. That's mailbag at thefirmup.com. 
And it'll also be in the description. And if you go to our Facebook page, you can click on send message and just send us there. Let, we want to hear what you think are going to be the biggest games of the year. Mm-hmm. Folks, that does it for this week's episode of the front this week. This uh, episode of the firmware update, episode 186. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoy what you're hearing, then by all means, you can follow us on your Apple device by going to that podcast app. Just look up the firmware update. And hey, there we are right there. Hey, we appreciate five-star reviews and something nice written, too. That tremendously helps out the show. Hey, and if you got an Android device, never fear, as I am reliving thanks to my recent upgrade at cricket wireless for my work phone for my anniversary where i'm once again proudly using pocket cast which is 399 on the store but well worth it uh, i love everything not only does it let you stream but it lets you download the episodes too plus i love how it ranges everything with my apps where it, if a new episode of one of my apps uh, came up or one of my podcasts comes up it just moves it right to the front there so I always knew what, know what's most recent. It's very nice. Uh, if you don't want to drop $3.99 on a uh, podcast app, well, there's also Stitcher Radio, where you can stream us every single time we come up, and it's absolutely free to download that. Or, if you just want to download the episode proper, you can go to thefirmup.com, where each episode is posted right up there, as well as a download link. And you can also find articles from one Joe Garcia as he writes about his news and opinions and views <laughs> in the world of video games. Uh, also, we have a Facebook page, which we would appreciate if you go on there and give it a like. Uh, you, each episode is posted up on there. And on top of that, like I said, if you want to send an email to the show, just click on the send message link and it'll send us a message right to us. And Joe, is there anything else I'm forgetting? No. Well, that's incorrect, because Twitter. We're on Twitter. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> PS, at PSMalk for me, at Wands23 for Joe, and at the Firma for the show. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Joe, safe trip, okay, man? All right. I'd like to leave everyone with a Valentine's Day poem. All right. Okay. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. It's a good game you play. All right, that didn't rhyme at the end, folks. We'll see you later, <laughs> <It sure did. laughs> folks. We will see you in a few later.